warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 206. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, hate erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five, four, three, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, no Frank this week, but we do have a special guest on the show, one of our Patreon patrons, and I'd like to welcome her. It's her first time on the podcast. Welcome Stephanie Chapman. Hi. Yay. Thank you for having me. Yay. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you paid. Oh, <laughs> I earned. <laughs> I bought my way in. Yeah, that's how, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, uh, you know, how long you've been listening, and, uh, I don't know, what, what you're into. Um, I'm from New Jersey, the great armpit of America, and I've been listening for probably about eight, eight, I don't know, since the beginning of the year, about January or February. Um, I love Marvel movies. I just started getting into comic books, um, and, I love Wilson and PCL, and I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and that's about it. All right, yeah. So what? Awesome. Com- yeah, what comics are you reading currently? Anything good? So the, the first one that I bought that I'm just getting, I, somebody told me to to get Civil War, and so I got Civil War. Okay. Is that, is that not good? Because no. I. <laughs> that's no. a good starter comic book, I think. Yeah, so absolutely. Just jump right into Marvel universe mythology and meet a bunch of characters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, and event, so. yeah. If you get to the right, if you get the right event, it's really good. So yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, you're a Harry Potter fan, Jake. You gotta like that. Yeah, that's good stuff. What do you think about the uh, the play? Do you, does that upset you? Did you read that, The Cursed Child? I did read it, and I wasn't a big fan. I think they should have left the story alone. Um, I, I know there's a need to pull more money and to add more to the story because there's so many people that are into this this magical universe. I think. I was disappointed with the book, to be honest with you. I didn't think it was necessary, and I think it, it tainted it a little bit for me. Did you like it? 
I, I still haven't read it, but I read all the plot points, and I don't even consider it canon. Yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah. that was it. Was a big, a big waste of time. Agreed. Glad, glad I did not read it. <laughs> Lots of time travel in Harry Potter and undoing stuff that they spent seven books to do. It seems very weird. Yeah, it, it, it was. I, I found it a little ridiculous. Yeah, good stuff. Did you like Fantastic Beast? Uh, no. All I, right. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't care for it. Um, I know there's. I'll wait to see what else they use to develop the story, like with the, with the movies coming out and everything. But as of right now, like I almost fell asleep in the theater. I didn't. I didn't care for it. I'd give it. Can I rate it? Is it okay if I yeah, rate it? Yeah, rate it. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I'd give it. I give it a taste it, and then yeah, I just give it a taste it only because I know that there's more to come. But if if, if I knew that that was the it was this, if it was a standalone movie, I probably would have given it a toss it. No, it's a Next toss it. It'll be interesting. It's a toss it then. I ain't no, no. You get just that. It's a toss it for me then. That's what I'm taking. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm not letting you. Anytime I yeah. anytime I'm sleeping, that's that's a toss it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not letting you lean on the on the future movies, you know. Oh, I, I hope the the other movies are are good and they make this one not seem so shitty. No, fair no. enough. Okay, toss it, then I'll take it. Boom! I love it. I love it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, cause I I think I low tasted it, but honestly, I I would like to go back and like watch just the scenes of him in the in the fucking uh, trunk in that world, you know. Yeah, I would doing like, the mating dance. That yeah, was some of the best stuff. I would like yeah. to go back and watch that stuff, but I, uh, for the the rest of the movie, I just not was not a big fan of. And you know, I I really like Ezra Miller. I think he's a, I think he's a fine actor, and like I didn't I didn't really care for that performance there. So I don't know, man. Yeah, I, 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 the performance wasn't good, and I think the mythology is kind of stale and boring too. To be honest, oh, there's really not as much life as there is in like a normal Harry yeah. Potter villain. The main, the main actor's yeah. so fucking weird. You're following around this weird fucking guy. I, you know? I, I guarantee you, if, if you give that guy a phone, he's the guy he's texting you weird shit. And, and you're just like, man, I wish this guy would leave me the fuck alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the lead? Yeah, yeah. Who, who, who's that guy? Eddie Redmayne? Eddie Redmayne. I guarantee you, like that character, like I know this is like a, a set, you know, years and years ago, you know? Um, but I know, like if it was modern times... And this asshole had like a cell phone. You would not give out your number to him. Yeah. Right. I thought his. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I thought his physical acting was really good, but I, I, I did have trouble um, knowing what he was saying. Oh yeah. A lot of times. M- oh, yeah. Mumbling all the time, and I like I, his buddy uh, Jake. Yeah. I, that's who I liked. I loved him. I thought he was fantastic. I would just like to watch the side adventures of that character. I really liked um, the other the witch uh, Queenie. Yeah. I thought she was a really good character yeah, too. Queenie and Jake. I, I'd rather follow them two around than follow around this weird guy that probably would show up on like a I don't know some kind of like a wizarding sex offender list. You know, he's. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my god! Can you imagine like seeing like like uh, like in the in the Hogwarts newspaper or whatever the fuck like the the sex. The, the sex offenders list, like, because like they would actually like move and shit, like yeah. wand misconduct, yeah. wand misconduct. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's so weird. And the next movie is going to be like a coin flip on whether or not Johnny Depp's going to be kooky or tolerable. Oh jeez, yeah. they, 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 I don't. Why, why, why did they cast Johnny Depp? 
I know. I know. It seems like that's just like going to be the shadow of the movie is whether yeah. or not. I mean, and he's such a big character in Harry Potter lore too, being at Grindelwald. I, I Grindelwald. Mean, I mean, we, I've I've just seen like the decline of some of these actors that I used to really really enjoy. You know, you, you, and so you know, like uh, Nicholas Cage is one of them. Bruce Willis is one of them. And now, you know, of course, Johnny Depp. You know, like for a while there, Tom Tom Cruise was hanging on a thread. Like, it's a wonder that Tom Cruise is still pulling in any any. You know, I, I think he's had some good performances. You know, Oblivion and Edge of Tomorrow and stuff like that. But like, and he never does any of these real like lowball movies ever. No, 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 no. It's like Nicholas Cage is like any script they they put in front of the guy. He's making the movie. It don't matter. Yeah. Because, exactly. you know, he, he's got, like, how many homes did he buy, you know, back when in his heyday, you know, back when the economy was really good. And now he's, like, he's got, like, I don't even know how many mortgages he's got to pay. You know, he, didn't he, like, he have to dump, like, all his comics, like, his yeah. action comics, number one? Yeah. Like, didn't he have, like, a ton of comics that he had to sell? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. he had to sell a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he sold his action comics, number one. Like, I don't know. Like, was he in a competition with fucking uh, Michael Jackson for who could buy the weirdest shit? <laughs> you know, like, didn't Michael Jackson own the Elephant Man's bones? Yes, yes. Like, I think Michael Jackson won that contest. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. I mean, he had a fucking he had a, a fucking Ferris wheel in his backyard. I mean, so, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Oh man, all the Beatles songs. Oh yeah, yeah. That's smart though, right? Uh, yeah, super <laughs> smart. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I want to thank some new... Yeah, Stephanie, so thank you so much for joining us. Am I coming in loud? Am I coming in hot? Mm, no. I, I mean, no, you're coming in good. All right. fine. Cool. All right. That, that's, uh, you know, that's good podcasting right there when we take a little break to, to discuss how, how we sound. Um, <laughs> you want to try it again? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, I want to... Yeah, so Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Um and, uh, yeah, I want to thank two new Patreon patrons, Zach Holder and uh, Jared Gross. So thank you, Zach, and thank you, Jared. Yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, I guess we're going to jump into this week's iTunes reviews. We've got a few of them. So here we go. Time for iTunes reviews. It's one First iTunes review comes from Aspiring Straight Shooter. Do you think? All right, let's see. Do you think that? Do you think that's uh, Aspiring Straight Shooter? Do you think that that he's uh, is that is he a straight shooter when he comes to talking to people in real life? Is that? Do you think that what he, is that what he's mean, or is he or is he trying to prove I something think- to his wife that he can pee in the bowl? And not I'm miss. Ready to say the same thing. I know God, you were. I know God, you were. Being on the wall. I know. I knew you were, Jake. I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say it before he fucking dies. <laughs> go, go, go. I know. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna steal my really shitty joke. Um. Anyway. That's nice fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Anyway, uh, aspiring straight shooter. It's titled uh, iTunes reviews. Titled. Stop reading these reviews and subscribe. It's a five star. They cover everything you want to know about when it comes to pop culture cinema in a very smart and funny way. All three hosts bring a different point of view, and it's typically only every other podcast or maybe 
one out of three podcasts where one of them has me pulling my hair out for the admittedly stupid reason that is my disagreement with their analysis. But they're the ones with the hit pop culture podcast, so typically I just admit to myself I'm probably wrong. Anyways, this is a great podcast, so subscribe. I like the little internal dialogue he had there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you that know? was pretty good. That's, that's one of my favorite review, five-star reviews, kind of. Yeah, he's kind of like working it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Should I hate these guys? Uh, yeah. yeah, they're probably right. Yeah, they, they got they got the yeah the the hit pop culture <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, who am I? Oh, I know. Yeah. Anyway, oh, that's funny. Yeah, next one comes from uh, Miku Chu, and I, I didn't say it like that to be weird. It's it's spelled with three O's and three U's at the end. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So you had to yeah stretch those out. Stretch those out. Uh, it's uh, titled "Who Are These Guys?" Am I coming in too loud? Am I? It, is it just me? That's a weird review. I, <laughs> I'm going to pause. Hold on. All right. Got the, uh, got the kinks worked out. Yeah, this one comes from Miku Chu, and uh, it's titled, Who Are These Guys? Question mark. And uh, it's a five-star. Oh, I was on the edge oh, of my seat. Okay. <laughs> I know, because I mean, it could go. Well, it could go either way, right? Like, who are these I didn't guys? Know. Yeah. Recently found this podcast a few months ago and haven't stopped listening since. Love listening to all the backlogs and genuinely value the opinions of everyone. Who are these guys? These guys get me through the day with the nonstop entertainment and give me something to look forward to. Who are these guys? No, I didn't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm bad. laughs> Thank you and keep up the hard work. And then he leaves the eggplant emoji next to hard work. Whoa. So that's, huh? that's good shit. <laughs> no squirt though? Just the eggplant? Just the eggplant. No, he has not reached climax. So. <laughs> So, yeah. right. Who are these guys? <laughs> Who are these guys? <laughs> Who are these guys? It's driving them crazy. Yeah. You gotta know. Makes us sound, sound like ragtag, like vigilantes. Yeah, we're so mysterious. Like, like uh, we, we, like we're podcasters on the run. Who are these guys? We're the pop culture leftovers. All right. <laughs> Next one. Oh, I. What, what's going on? What's that noise? I don't know. Do you, it's not me. Do you hear that? I do. <laughs> what are you doing over there, Stephanie? I'm not. <laughs> not that I was stretching my leg. Was that it? Oh my god! What do you got? A, like you got a robot leg? What's going on <laughs> over there? <laughs> I imagine she was a He-Man character too. Hey, hey, could you? Hey, hey, Tin Man, could you grab the oil? You know what I mean, the little oil can, and work that shit out. <laughs> now Stephanie's going to be frozen in place for the remainder of this podcast. <laughs> Frozen in fear. <laughs> not, I don't know. It sounded like somebody was adjusting a mic or something. Maybe the maybe the no, leg. I, was, I was like, holy fuck, what is that? I was like, oh my god, Stephanie, stop moving your fucking leg. Jeez, she's got the noisiest leg I've ever heard in my life. Now, see, see now, Stephanie was like all like excited and nervous to be on the podcast, and now now we're giving her a hard time. Now now you're scared. Now you're scared. Now she's mortified. I am. <laughs> she agreed. 
okay. So the last, the last uh, iTunes review uh, that I just read was was titled "Who are these guys?" This one's titled "These Guys." <laughs> <laughs> I like the inflection you've added. <laughs> well, there's a, there was an exclamation point there at the end of that, so it was these guys, <laughs> and it's from Cran Dukes. Cran Dukes. Cran Dukes. Yeah, is that I've heard of Cran it, Grape and Cran Apple? But ah, Cran Dukes. <laughs> I was thinking it was like somebody that took like a uh, like a cranberry shit, you know. <laughs> Oh. That's a that that is a turd that is high in antioxidants. I can tell you that much. Like, I bet that's a stinky one. Like, oh um, no! I bet like any fly that lands on that is gonna is eaten really well. Just yeah, it'll be super fly. Super fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a dumb conversation. Um, let's see. one of our dumbest. Yeah, that's yeah. Stephanie's like, okay, guys, all right. Can we talk about Harry Potter again? Yeah, we've never had. We never talk about poop that much. Now God. All we're talking about. Yeah, I know. Stephanie gets on the episode. We're talking about poop. Um, let's see here. Uh, Cran Dukes says uh, started listening. <laughs> Uh, started listening late in the game to the leftovers with the 200th episode anniversary, and I am happy to say that I'm hooked. From great theories and recommendations to Jake using the word intriguing way too much, <laughs> I'm glad to spend Mondays with you guys. It's a five star from Cran Dukes. I'm intrigued by Cran Dukes. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> you, yeah, you are intrigued by Cranberry Dookie. So weird. <laughs> I get it. I literally get a, a text every other day. You talking about cranberry dookie? It's so weird. Yeah, why is it so bright? I know. Like Jake, it's, I don't know why you're so intrigued by it. It's so weird. <laughs> mm. It's so bright. Got to wear shades. Um, this I fuck this episode already, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> garbage. Um, <laughs> let's see. Here. I do have a Studio Sweden update. Um, should we get into it? Some oh, I, would, I would like to. All right. Yeah. So Studio Sweden, uh, a few weeks ago, we did talk about Studio Sweden. They're a uh, headphone manufacturer and uh, they wanted to uh, see if uh, we wanted to sponsor them. So I agreed, you know, hey, uh, they said, uh, we'll send you some headphones and then in exchange, you'll do two ads. And then from there, we'll kind of like figure out if, if you know, if, if we want to continue this. Well, um they wanted the timestamps from the episode that that we recorded and talked to talked about Studio Sweden, and uh, that was kind of a crazy ad that we did, Jake. It was horrible. Um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was having big time internet difficulties during it. For yeah, a while. yeah. It was just it was just a really bad ad read. Um, <laughs> terrible. Well, I'd say that honestly, for a podcast, I think it was probably the worst ad read ever. It was like yeah, terrible. You know, I'm very proud of it though. That's really. Yeah, if I'm, that's, that's a, yeah. I've heard a lot of bad ad reads. We we knocked that out of the park. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, it was, I guess it was a crowning achievement. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I, I I was kind of like at a crossroads. Like, am I gonna am I gonna give them the timestamp? What am I gonna do here? Um, it, they kind of made my decision easy for me, and I'm just gonna kind of throw it out there to everybody. Uh, after the after the initial read, I went to use the headphones and I was going to watch the deuce on my iPad and the left speaker on the headphone wasn't working. So I was like, okay, what's going on here? Tried a few things with it and it stopped working. So I contacted studio and I said, 
listen, I said, um, you know, I think we're just not going to do this. Um, the speaker went out. I don't know. I, I, and I'm not saying it's indicative of all their products like this happened. No. But, you know, it happened once with me. And so I just don't feel comfortable anymore. I don't even know if I should be, I don't even know if I should be saying this on the air, but that's just it. I'm just, I'm, we're not going to continue the, uh, further relationship with the company. I'm not saying all their products are like this. It just, I just, I'm not going to talk about Studio Sweden in the future on this, uh, on the show because the fucking headphones stopped working. So. <laughs> oh man. I don't yeah, that's quite the scandal. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like, like in good conscience that I could talk about it like week to week and act like, you know, ah, these are, if, if it never happened, then I would have no problem, but it's just the fact. And they offered to replace them. It's not like they, they were just like, uh, well, sorry. They were just like, and they understood. They were like, yeah, I, you know, we understand that you don't want to promote something that maybe you don't believe in. And yeah, so, yeah. And that's kind of been our stance from the beginning of this thing yeah, where it's like, you yeah. know, they were going to give us free headphones and if they were nice headphones, then yeah, we'll help them out for a couple episodes. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. If they don't work from the jump, that's no, no, no. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't work out with Studio. So, um, you know, and I hope anybody, if they, if anybody was listening and did use the pop culture code and got the discount and got the headphones, I hope that your headphones don't break. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, I guess there is that that possibility. So, hopefully, the headphones you get aren't a pair of fucking Cran Dukes like Brian's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that's I was actually gonna say that Jake, but I held back. And really? I, yes, I was gonna say these these are Cran Duke headphones. I, <laughs> I held back and you and you used it. I was just like, no, I, I made the decision to not say that, and you still said it. It's so fucking weird, Jake. Anyway, I know sometimes we with the jokes, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I was just like, uh, I'm not gonna use that one. You're above that, Brian. And then, and then, and then I, Jake, I've, I felt the need to. And then, and then Jake went for that low hanging cranduke fruit. So <laughs> you know that happened. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, Stephanie, is this like the biggest mistake you've ever made in your entire life? No. <laughs> Just the biggest mistake today. It's good. It's good. It's fine. I'm, Just the biggest mistake today. Yeah, I'm sorry. There, there's no planned parenthood for podcasting. I know. I don't know what that would even be, but yeah. So, mm. all right. Uh, let's see here. We got a uh, before we jump into the actual good pop, bad pop, and all that bullshit. I do have a Pete's tweets. All right. Yeah, where's his? Uh, where, where's your bumper, Pete? Where the fuck are you? Why you got to be difficult, Pete? Every I don't know where you are, Pete. Where the classic f- Pete? Yeah, here he is. I told I told pudding cat. Pete's tweets. All right, listen. All right, what's Pete got? Hey guys, so with Blade Runner twenty forty nine only making thirty three million, uh, do you think it will hurt Denny Villeneuve uh, his chances of directing Dune? I hope they still let him make Dune. The guy is obviously a talented filmmaker, and Dune is his pet project. Uh, yeah, so like, I guess the the, the numbers for. Um, Blade Runner 2049 were inflated. Like they were expecting this thing to make a lot more money than it did. Pre- early projections were way wrong. Um, so, uh, it didn't make. That does kind of scare me for Dune. Really? Cause I feel like, I feel like Dune's an even lesser known franchise than Blade Runner. Right. I mean, they're, I guess they're about on par. 
Yeah. They're both kind of 80s franchises that not much has been done with since. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can see it both ways because mm-hmm. it's not – even though Blade Runner wasn't really raking in the dough, it's it's definitely not a critical failure by any means. And it also seems like the audience for the most part seemed to like it. So it's not a situation where the guy made a bad movie. It just – it seems more like it could be a bad marketing or bad release timing or – you know, just people not wanting to go to the movies right now. doesn't feel like this is the movie's fault, you know? It's a hard play, right? Getting the normal common folk to come for the almost three-hour movie for the franchise they haven't seen for 30 years. So, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that Dune for Dinny is like a passion project. Um, is it is it guaranteed that he's that he's even making a Dune or is this just like early talks? I think he just wants to. You're putting his name out there. It's. I mean, if you go to if you go to IMDb right now, it does have Dune listed. It says production status and development. Director Denny Villeneuve. Uh, so nice. I mean, but see, yeah, I mean, it's IMDb though. It, it that's not concrete. Like IMDb, they'll throw up anything. I mean, you know, like they've uh, they've had Gremlins three up there for years. They've had you know <laughs> they've had Bill and Ted three up there in the past. I mean, um, you know if they. If a director's attached to something that's possibly going to come out, they'll throw it up there. So I, I don't know if, like, we're going to get a Dune. Um, he's the only guy I could think that could do it, to be quite honest with you, that would do do it justice. I can't think of any yeah. other director out there that's going to be able to do it the way he would do it. Do I think it, it would – do I think that it would – make a ton of money? No, I don't. I think like, I think you're going to get the same kind of performance that you got from Blade Runner unless mar- unless they do a better job marketing the film. Yeah, or get some bigger star power in there. But it's, that's even hard to say, though. Blade Runner had Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling. It feels like it wasn't... Right. And Jared Leto. It wasn't, I, I think it wasn't I, lacking I, star power. No, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to go... I'm going to kind of like go back to like what you were saying, like one of the reasons that you weren't hyped to see the film is because of the trailers. Like they did nothing for you, Jake. And I honestly think that, I think that the marketing was honest though. I really, I I think they held back a lot. They didn't want to spoil a lot, but the marketing was honest. They could have shown there were like a couple action scenes in the, in the movie. They could have shown those and they could have like misled people like the monster, the, the mother film that came out, you know, they could have, mis- yeah. they could have misled people and people could have been thinking, Oh my God, Blade Runner 2049 action. Here we go. And they didn't do that. Like they, they held back a lot, man. I, and I think they wanted to help hold back a lot because like this movie was, there was a lot in that movie and they didn't spoil anything. And they, I, I, that's why I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. But anyway, I mean, that mother film, they, I thought it was going to be just like this, like, oh my God, this horror film. Like, what's, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They definitely tricked you with the trailer. Yeah, it definitely seemed yeah. like that was a conscious decision that yeah. they made. Uh, real interesting. It's weird. I think, like, if they do make Dune, just make it on a lower budget, right? I mean, you know, because. Yeah, the, uh, we saw that, though. Like, we kind of, they. Didn't they in the last decade do a sci-fi version of it? Yeah, but I mean, you know, Denny can get creative. He can get creative with this. They they can they they don't have to do it like on a TV budget. I'm just saying, like they can be creative with it. And um, you know, he did Arrival, and that movie did quite well in theaters. So, and it didn't have the biggest budget, and it was high concept sci-fi. And 
I mean, I guess it's just the name Dune where you have to, you know, I mean, you do it. I just, I don't see it. I, I see it performing just like this, this Blade Runner film. I, I almost wish you'd find something else to do too. I, and I, Dune is past its prime in my opinion. I don't need to see it again. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. If I want sandworms, I'll watch Beetlejuice. Yeah, I'll watch Tremors. <laughs> and they got, hey, Tremors TV show's coming out. Kevin Bacon's going to be in it. Oh. I think Stephanie just forgot she's even on the episode. She's just now listening, I get listening it. to the podcast. <laughs> I want to chime in and say something, but I don't want to sound stupid. No, 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 no. <laughs> chime in. Chime in. We want to, I want to, even if it is stupid, maybe that'll be better than what we're talking about. No. Is the Dune, is, is from, are the talk just going to be like a, like a total remake? Or is it, or are they adding on, or is it like a, they can try to do like a sequel, but just really mm. far after? I would imagine they'd start over again. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's see here. Let me go back to IMDb. What are they, what are they saying here? No one remembers that mythology, right? They can't just sequel it. Yeah. This sound, this sounds like a total like re, like reboot. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of over remakes right now. Yeah. Dune is like David Lynch's. I'm not the biggest David Lynch fan anyway, but it's not, I do not love it by any means. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Lynch fan either at all. Sting so. is super ridiculous in it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like a little bit very bad maxi too. It's like mm-hmm. water and, eh, I don't, I don't think we need it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only guy that I, yeah, fuck it. I don't need it either. <laughs> we don't need that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off with your dune. Um, <laughs> Out of here. Yeah. Pedal that dune somewhere else. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, yeah. So, thanks for yeah, the Pete hates tweet. us again. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> what else is new? Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, let's jump into this week's good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So uh, let's see here. I'm going to start off with uh, two quick shows that I watched this week. Uh, I'm not going to go into great detail with them. I watched the pilot episode. I know two episodes are out right now, but I did watch the pilot episode of Ghosted with Adam Scott and Craig Robinson on Fox. Oh, how was that? The new comedy. Um, it's also available on Hulu if you missed it on Fox. Uh, Jake, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give the first episode of the pilot, I'm going to give it a taste it. And I, it's something that I will continue to watch. Um, I think I'm going to give it a few more episodes. I, there was a couple laugh out loud moments that I had watching the pilot, which I usually during like a network sitcom, I'm not like literally laughing out loud. I was laughing out loud at a couple parts of this. Adam Scott slaps Craig Robinson in the face in this one one scene and I am just fucking rolling. And, um, there's a couple parts in this where I was actually laughing. It's, um, you know, some sci- it's uh, a skeptic is forced to work with a firm believer of the paranormal 
on unexplained occurrences in Los Angeles and it had its moment. So I'm, I'm hoping that like now that they've kind of got the, the pilot episode done, they can just have more fun with these stories. And, and, um, so I, I give it a taste. It, it has the potential to be high tasted Tupperware, but, uh, I'm going to watch a few more episodes and see where I like it. Oh, I, and then, um, what's it called again, Brian, the Adam Scott, Craig Robinson thing. Ghosted. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's the third episode I think comes out tonight. So, so sorry, Trekkie 1981. I can't, I can't review it. <laughs> can't, I can't review the third episode oh, of Ghosted because it comes out tonight. And I'm recording. And you said it's on Hulu? It, yes, you can watch it on Hulu. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, and, uh, season four of, um, uh, Last Man on Earth started. And it's. Oh wow, I didn't even know it was going to get a season four. That's awesome. And they've continued the tradition of uh, of killing off a famous actor or comedian for the you know the season premiere. Uh, I think who have they killed in the past? They've killed Will Ferrell, they've killed John Hamm, and this season they killed Jack Black. Like it's <laughs> oh man, that's a satisfying one. Oh, it's 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 and Kristen Wiig has been in this season and she's just been fantastic. So I. uh I Tupperware, Last Man on Earth. The show continues to be just wonderful. Um, and then finally, as far as TV shows that I've watched this week, uh, the Shannara, uh, Shannara Chronicles, uh, season two premiere, uh, last season. This was on MTV. It's yeah, not, you loved that show. I did. I, I really did. There's, there's really nothing like this on TV right now. And if there is, I'm not watching it. Like this is like, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, adapted from, and, and don't quote me if I'm wrong. I know. God, some people get so fucking worked up about stupid shit. Um, it's based on these, uh, YA books, I believe. The Shania, the shit, I almost said the Shania Twain Chronicles. <laughs> the, 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 uh. Oh the, man, I'm always tapping my feet to those chronicles. <laughs> it, I think it's based on, a, it's based on like a YA novel called the Shannara novel or Shannara books or whatever the fuck. And, um, so, uh, it's, it's like post apocalyptic. So it's like set in a future world. But so like there's like remnants of like technology from our times and and things like that. But on the flip side, there's like gnomes and dwarves and trolls and shit that live in this world. So it's like it's like um, it's so weird because it's like a <laughs> it's like a you know it, it's just bizarre because it's like Lord of the Rings meets some kind of weird post-apocalyptic story and yeah, that is that is bizarre yeah and it's very cw and it's very i don't know millennial i guess i don't know is it still on mtv no it moved to spike it moved to spike tv this season so that was kind of weird because like i i had to remember this because like i remember the report that it was moving to spike but i had like the dvr set up to record for mtv so i had to like Make sure that I set it up. So I watched it on demand and now I've got it ready to record every week. But I, oh my God, like the, just the production on this is really good as far as like the, the design and, and the, and the, the, the main villain this season looks incredible, like legitimately scary. Uh, and I'm just, I'm constantly impressed with this show. I think it's, I think it's really good. I'm going to give the, the first uh, episode 
a uh, a high tasted. I really enjoyed it. So I don't know if this is the last season because Spike is going away in January and it's becoming Paramount Television. So I don't know what the future holds for Shannara Chronicles. I, I think that it's it's probably going to go away. I, I don't see Paramount taking it on, and I don't see them finding another life on another network after this. I can't see them. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, I agree. This is probably the last season, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna enjoy this second season again. So, yeah, that's too bad. Maybe it'll get a bit more of a cult following for round two here, and be able to continue on somewhere because it, it's got to be one of those things where if they wanted it to go further than yeah. two seasons, it surely could. Yeah, that's true. I, I, does does MTV own Spike or something? Is that like how the move happened? Uh, MTV is a CBS Viacom channel. Yeah. I don't know if Spike is as well. Yeah. Because okay. if Spike is also a Viacom channel, then this was, wasn't was so much as a MTV dropping them as the yeah. whole company deciding it would maybe work better on Spike. Mm-hmm. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I think it is. Because, you know, I've seen, you know, they've talked about shows getting like uh, NBC shows getting dropped and finding life on uh, USA because NBC owns USA. So. Uh, Spike is an American cable satellite channel owned by Viacom B- Media Networks. Okay, so it's, that makes it, sense. It, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Shannara Chronicles, really, really good show. Uh, w- uh, I've got one more thing to talk about, but I'm going to let you guys jump into your week for Good Pop, Bad Pop. Jake, you got anything? Yeah, um, this week I haven't gotten to crack too much into it yet, but I picked up the uh, Star Wars from a certain point of view that you talked about in one of our news segments a few weeks ago. Yeah, the 40, the 40 stories. Yeah, 40 different stories celebrating the 40 years of Star Wars, and it's, you know, from all over all the movies, and I've just been able to read, oh, I'm doing the audiobook, which is really neat because it's different actors portraying every character, and it's it's really quite the uh, presentation for an audiobook. It's uh, 43 different authors all together here. Um, the first story was really good. They really start off with a bang. It's um, with Captain Antilles. From the um, right from the beginning of A New Hope, right when um, they get the plans from Rogue One, uh, Gary Whitta writes this first story. Um, Ramus Antilles is the lead character. These things I don't want to go too deep into it because they're the stories are just really quick kind well, of bite sized stories. Gary Whitta he 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 wrote uh, Rogue One, correct? Yeah, so yeah, that makes exactly. perfect sense that he would kind of continue this. That's awesome. Uh, it's really cool. And then, oh, man, I got to read the second story. Oh, crap, I dropped my mic. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, it was even better than the first. It is about one of the stormtroopers. It's specifically the stormtrooper that hits Leia with the stun blast in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. His name is uh, Tarvin Larica. And he's part of, you know, Vader's stormtrooper guard. God, I can't remember what those those guys are called at all uh, the vader's fist stormtroopers the stormtrooper legion from a new hope mm-hmm. and it's kind of all from his viewpoint about what's going on with this whole you know what what are they doing with leia and just you know his and you find out he's a human male and not a clone so it, it's kind of cool to finally answer those kind of skeptical questions we always had about whether or not all these a new hope stormtroopers were just crappy Django Fett clones at this point to explain all their bad shots. Yeah. But yeah, that is, that is not the case here. So, oh man, this is great. I, I, I'm just going to fly through this thing in the next couple weeks. It's really cool 
right before I go in, go to bed or drive to work, being able to like get in a whole story in ten to fifteen minutes max. That would be kind of cool if. Oh, I'm sorry, Jake. Go ahead. No, go for it. That would be kind of cool if we found out like all the clones, you know, like yeah. e- with each clone, it kind of like it goes by like the Michael Keaton multiplicity rule, where, like each one's dumber than the last. Oh, and man. that's why yeah, they're bad that, shots. That was always what I wrote in my head to explain why they're so inefficient <laughs> in four, five, six. It really was, and that's why that one hit his head on the door. <laughs> yeah, they're just a, at that point. They're just they haven't had the Django source material for so long. I mean, this yeah. is what I told myself. It's obviously not true now, right? But that they were just really bad soldiers at this point. They couldn't, you know, they didn't have the juice anymore. Yeah. I still yeah, love that, a lot. that meme that shows the the uh, stormtrooper and he goes to shoot the, the red shirt from Star Trek. And, oh, yeah. And, and he misses, but the red shirt dies anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. Making fun of the, both the dumb things at the same time. Right. But, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Paul Denny is the one who writes the Bubba Fett story. Um, there's a Greedo story, a Gligon story. There's stories about the droids. There's pretty much like no sacred cow about who's going to get a highlight in one of these 40 stories. So it's really nice. And a lot of people you recognize, uh, Charles Soule, Jason Fry, Adam yeah. Christopher, uh, Karen Gillian, uh, Mary Sue DeConnick. So, um, Matt Fraction. Nice. Chuck, Very cool. Chuck Windegg. Uh, I believe Greg Rucka. Yeah, Greg Rucka, too. Yeah. Chuck Wendig, he did the Aftermath books. Yeah, exactly. And so, and I haven't, I don't want to, um, I'm doing the audiobook, so I don't ever see a table of contents. So I'm kind of leaving myself blind completely as to what's going to come next. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool way to do it. Yeah. 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 So it's been fun. So I'm excited. I'll talk more about this when I get through the whole thing. I'll at least tell you, like, what kind of my three, four favorite stories were. Yeah, kind of a hard thing to kind of rate because each story is going to be different. Yeah, exactly. Just the whole idea of this book, though, I, I will Tupperware it. Yeah. Um, I know mm-hmm. Matt Kirby bought the physical book and he was showing it to me, and mm-hmm. it, it is a very beautiful hardback book. And with it being the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, I, I think that would be a really nice collectible to put on the shelves for that. So nice. I'm, I'm kind of tossing around maybe i'm gonna go out and buy the actual physical copy of this because it is a, it is a really unique thing it reminds me of the old tales from moss eisley and tales from java's palace novels they used to do in the old canon and i i really enjoy those a lot too very cool yeah i i, I need to pick that up on audible <clears throat> yeah it's a lot of fun yeah. and like it's like you know podcast like real short podcasting nuggets too almost you that's, know that's awesome all right stephanie what do you got for us um, I have a show that I binge watched on Netflix called Friends from College. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried watching the first episode of that. I didn't get through. It's got, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, Fred and Savage. Kobe Smulders from, um, The Avengers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Yeah. So and, uh, you, you binged Savage. it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like talking over you. I'm such an asshole. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, go ahead. No. So you binged it. Like I, I tried watching the first episode. I just – I don't – I was getting sidetracked or something that day because I like everybody in that fucking show and I just never went back to it. So you binged it. What, you, what are you thinking about it? Well, disclaimer, I binged it while I was doing laundry. So it definitely didn't grab my attention enough <laughs> to have me stop what I was doing. Right. But 
it was good back. It's like good background noise. Um, I enjoyed it. My issue, and I've run into this with a couple of shows I've watched, like I try to binge watch is like that I, you know, you watch it and then there's no end to the season. Like it ended and I was waiting for the next episode and the storyline just kind of, just kind of dropped off. And it's just mm. like, it's the end of the season, which I didn't appreciate. But I mean, it's good. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Fred Savage's character is really good. Um, he plays, he's in a, he's in a, he's in like his relationship status is like kind of funny. That's what they draw a lot of their comedy from. And then Keegan, uh, Keegan, Michael Kay, um, he's actually having an affair with, I don't want to give too much away. People haven't seen it with, um, with Kobe, but it, it was good. I'd give it, a, I'd give it a taste it. It didn't, it wasn't enough to grab my attention solely as I was doing laundry while I was watching it, but it was good. I'd, I'd recommend it if you're looking for something that's if you, a little comic relief. It's, yeah. I, what, what I appreciated about it too was that the characters were, um, they were closer to my age. They're a little older than me, but they were closer to my age. And sometimes I find myself like getting sucked into shows when everybody's like 18, 19, 20 years old. And it's good to see something where people are like, with real responsibilities. Oh, that was terrible to say. Is that terrible? <laughs> <laughs> that, that you watch, it happens. That you, happens. That you watch young children? Is that, no. <laughs> 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 like, like older, like wow. you know, like an older cat. Wow. You found a way. You found a way to make it worse than her shitty not all millennials. There, for me. <laughs> that was nice. Um, but yeah, watch that. So there's that show. Um, and then can I, can I do one more? No, you're done. Yeah, yeah, no, it's You're over. You're done. It's over. <laughs> Hold on. I think I had, no, I'm gonna, I had a question about this, sh- the, uh, this, yeah, this friends from college. Now I can't remember. Now I can't remember what I was gonna ask you. Alright, go ahead. What's your, what's your next one? Okay. So, stop me if somebody's already done this, but it's called The 100 on Hulu. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's a CW, yeah. it's a CW show. Yeah, yeah, I started, I just started watching it maybe like a couple of weeks ago. Uh Um, but I mean, it's about, there's been this big Armageddon on planet Earth and there's like, I think there's like 14 or I don't know how many space stations, 12, I think, international space stations where citizens from each of these major countries are like living in space and they send these juvenile, like these kitchen, like this juvenile detention center from, I guess, the USA's like international space station down to Earth to kind of figure things out and start like inhabiting it and figuring out how bad the situation is before they send everybody else down. It's interesting enough. I'd give it a high taste it. Um, it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but once again, I get sucked into these like young adult things and it, it, it sucked. This is another one that sucked me and I find it very interesting. There's always like the, there was like the bully amongst everybody who's picking on the kid who's the son of like the high government official and those kind of, those storylines are a little bit petty and they kind of pull me out of it a little bit, mm. but I think it's good. I'm only like two or three episodes in, but I'm a big I, fan. I, yeah, so I, I hear a lot of people talking about that show. Yeah. I've had a lot of people tell me I should watch it based on how much I love Lost. So I, I don't know really the comparisons because I've never watched it, but I do hear that a lot. I've never seen Lost, but I could see that. <laughs> I was, yeah, you should watch Lost after 100. I remember what I was going to ask you now, Stephanie. You do or you don't? I do. I do. Are you moving your leg again? Is that happening? Okay. Wow, calling me out big time. Okay, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what the? Whatever. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Hey. Hey, Thumper, could you stop fucking fidgeting around <laughs> with your legs? <laughs> um, I, okay, so okay, that Friends from College, how many episodes is that? Uh, if I remember correctly, I would say it was about six or seven. And are they half hour? 
I think, no, I think they were hour long episodes. How much fucking laundry did you have that day? <laughs> Jesus. I do my for like all in one thing. So like it, it took me a while. <laughs> oh my, did you launder your entire home? Like what the hell? <laughs> she was like, oh, I also did some money laundering while I was at it as well. You know? <laughs> I just, I just got carried away. Uh, it goes by really fast. Yeah, yeah it goes fast. Jeez. <laughs> okay. All right. Next thing you know, it's the next day. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. She's got to do laundry again. Ah. <laughs> All right. Cycle continues. I, I wanted to talk about um, – I went to the theater this week and I saw the uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women film. And, oh, uh, yeah. That's been making a little bit of press. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, it's about the story of – Psychologist William Moulton Marston, the polyamorous relationship between his wife and his mistress, the creation of his beloved comic book character Wonder Woman, and the controversy the comic generated. It's written and directed by Angela Robinson, who um, I, I, she's best known for her work as a producer and a director on True Blood and The L Word. L Word. I've never seen The L Word, but I did watch. All seven seasons of True Blood. Um, <clears throat> You're a trooper. It uh, it stars Luke Evans as William Marston, uh, Rebecca Hall as Elizabeth Marston, Bella Heathcote as a, a Olive Byrne, and you've also got Connie Britton in there and Oliver Platt. Um, I uh, this movie's hot, man. Holy shit, this movie! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh man, I fucking I fucking felt dirty watching this shit, man. It's fucked up, dude. Like, it's I think it's like uh, I don't I don't know what the agenda is here with this film. Like, I think I feel like it's it's kind of promoting this polyamorous lifestyle in a way. Like, because like I, by the end of it, you kind of get it. And I think it's it's weird, man. Like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be a part of that whole lifestyle. It's just that's that doesn't suit me. But it kind of like. I guess as like the viewer, when you're watching it and you watch these characters and how they live it, you're kind of like, yeah, I can see how they can do that. You didn't sign up for the polyamorous dating site right after you got out of here? No, 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 no. I, I, I've been approached by a polyamorous girl in the past. Long story, long story. Anyway, maybe one of these days I'll get into that. But um, anyway, I uh, – no, it, this this movie. I don't know, man. The characters, the chemistry that they have is just amazing. It's it's like that's what sells me on this movie is the chemistry between all the characters. Like there's like like from the get go, like it, it, it's not like this Fifty Shades of Grey bullshit, you know? Like where you don't really get a feel for anybody, and like the female characters act like Kristen Stewart in every fucking movie, where you just all she does is like look at the ground and like. Yeah. Move her hair out of her face and doesn't say shit. Like this, this Rebecca Hall is like really like she's an intelligent woman and, uh, this is Luke Evans's best performance in my opinion that I've seen. Uh, yeah. this Bella Heathcote that plays Olive Byrne, she's like, uh, she reminds me of like a Reese Witherspoon in a way. But, um, Man, this movie, this movie's kind of hot. It's kind of fucked up, man. I don't even know. It's so weird. <laughs> so <fun. laughs> Dude, and there's it's a lot of the, the press. Plot. What's that? I, was, I think we were going to say the same thing. A, a lot of the press has been that a lot of this movie may be like Hollywoodized. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. It may be a, just a giant work of fiction. It's got to be, man. There's no way this shit happened. 
<laughs> There's no way, man. There's no way. And like, what's so fucked up? What's so fucked up though? It's like, you know, like here, here, Luke Evans, you know, and this, this Rebecca Hall, who I, I think I'd seen in like one other thing, but man, you know, and she's not even supposed to be playing like, like, like this Bella Heathcote that plays Olive. She's supposed to be playing the sexy one. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm more turned on by this Rebecca Hall. She's like this, she plays this really snarky, sarcastic, woman and i was just like oh my god she's she's amazing but um i mean you got you got ladies spanking each other and shit you got i don't it's fucked up man (laughs) it's fucked up you know like i'm in the theater i'm in the theater i'm like should i i feel weird watching this right now but i like it um but you, (laughs) you you watch this kind of stuff like there's this Oh man, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, it's, it's polyamorous couple and like everybody falls in love with each other and then they all like, okay, so like, like dude, uh, he walks in on his wife making out. Okay, okay. yeah, this is fucked up. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I got it. Here we go. So this guy had a, he played a big part in creating the lie detector. Okay. And, um, and so that's where like the, the, the lasso of truth came from, from. Oh wow. I know. Right? So, so like part of this movie is like, uh, the, the wife gets the, 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 the guy in the lie detector and she's like, do you love Olive? And he's like, no. And then like, it starts, that fucking needle starts moving and you're like, oh my God, he fucking loves the girl. And like, <laughs> he's, he's the professor, right? And so he's teaching her and shit. So the wife gets all upset and she like storms out of the room and then Olive chases down the wife, right? And then Olive's like, I don't love him. I love you. And then she starts fucking kissing her and you're just like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> And then Olive's like, and then no, and then like, like, uh, Elizabeth Marston, she's the wife. She's like, I, I will have none of this. I, I want you, I want you out of here. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't want any part of this. And the next thing you know, like, you know, the husband and wife go home, they start talking about it. And, and, you know, she, she, he's like, do you want her? And she's kind of like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, there they all are. They, they call her in for a meeting. And then they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll fuck you. And, and then I, I'm paraphrasing. Um, but, <laughs> but then, but then, you know, I like, was imagining that was the clip they show up that's got nominated for an award. <laughs> so now Olive's all upset and she storms out, right? She storms the fuck out. And then, and then Elizabeth, the wife, she chases her down and then they start making out. And then Luke Evans, he walks in and he sees them making out and they stop and they look at him. And then they both like motion for him to come over. So now all three of them are making out. <laughs> Dude, it's, 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 it's hot. Oh my God. It's like really fucking hot, dude. It's really amazing. <laughs> And, um, I'm intrigued. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, like, you know, the sex scenes in Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, they're, it's just creepy. This is like, this is just like, holy shit. And, uh, and, and they're selling me on this, you know, like if, 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 if I was kind of like debating about this polyamorous lifestyle, like, ah, is this something I could get into? You know, like if this was like the, uh, if this was like the video that they sent you, like, hey, uh, you want to try out our lifestyle? Like, I, I would, I would, so you've been thinking about, yeah. yeah. So you've been thinking about being a polyamorous, you know, in a polyamorous relationship, you know, and so like, yeah, this, this movie kind of like sold me on it. And, um, but, uh, it's, it's hot. Um, yeah. And then, and then they get into like, um, 
the bondage and stuff like that. And he starts <laughs> incorporating <laughs> – yeah. And like that's where that's where a lot of like – you look at the Wonder Woman comics from back in the day and she's getting tied up. She's tying other people up. She's got the lasso of truth. He basically takes a lot from their relationship and puts them into the books. And um, it, it, it's, it's just – it's really an amazing story. And then the end of the movie – and then they show what these people really looked like, and you're just like, ah, it's not so hot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Did they, um, I mean, it sounds like you were really into the film. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. How I, much did they focus on the creation of Wonder Woman? Did, was that like a, was that like a backstory? Um, or like a side note? No, I, well, I mean, uh, it didn't happen until later. He, they, they this was something that uh, the comic book was something that he didn't do until later. I'd, I'd say about uh, halfway into the film, they end up uh, losing their jobs at this university, and so they find other ways to make money. And uh, he gets into comic books at that point. So, and okay. uh, he wants to incorporate kind of like his. Uh, you know, his beliefs on feminism into the comic book kind of subliminally and just kind of like put it out there. And then later on they start, you know, the comics code and all that other shit starts to call him out on this stuff. And, um, there's a scene where they, they, they like, uh, the, the neighbor woman's bringing over a fucking pie. She's going to give him a pie. Like she's a nosy little bitch. And, uh, <laughs> she is, she drove me, she drove me crazy. So the neighbor woman, she's going to come over and give him a pie and she walks into the house. Cause like nobody answers the door. So she just struts her little ass into the house with her fucking apple pie. And she walks into a room and they're all like in like costumes and shit. And they're all tied up all three of them. Like, you know, like it's like a fucking sandwich of people. Uh, it's like him and he's got his pants off and like the girl the, the, <laughs> with the women are making out and they all got like a rope around them and stuff. And she's dressed up like a nurse and it's fucking – oh, it's hot. <laughs> what do you rate this movie? Oh, it's a, oh, God. It's a Tupperware. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I loved it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it again. So. again. <laughs> <laughs> It's really In the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care if half this shit's fabricated. It was, it was, a, it was a fun watch, and it was hot. Wow, you, you, I felt dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, I, I think I need to take a break. Do you need a minute? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think. Uh, give me thirty seconds. <laughs> All right, no, uh, we we are gonna take a break and then come back with news. All right, cool. back and it is time for the pop culture leftovers news hear ye hear ye read all about it it's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it this news is gangsta as fuck yo 
It's gangsta as fuck, yo. All right. In uh, quick news, Mr. Mercedes for the Audience Network has been renewed for season two. Uh, ten more episodes. Awesome. Yeah. I need to get on that train because I'm really yeah. curious how that's going to work if the if this first season is book one and season two will be book two. It is uh, it is a Tupperware so far. It is fantastic. It, it, I, I'm two episodes behind, and this the last episode that I just watched, they dropped a fucking bombshell, and I'm just like, oh my god! So I'm I'm loving it. Um, another season. I'm a little worried about it, but I mean, if it, if it only goes two seasons, I think that's perfect. I, I this is one of those shows where I just can't, I can't see them going like three, four, five seasons. That's fucking ridiculous. But um, I mean, I I haven't seen it, but I feel like they should let it go the three seasons. I mean, they've got a they've got the perfect blueprint for it. I, that's what they're doing, and it sounds like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not familiar with the source material, so if you're saying that there's enough for three seasons, that's great. It's just it's one of those things where. It just doesn't feel like it when you watch it. I'm like, how how can this continue to keep going? But- I'll, t- I'll tell you this much. It's three complete novels, mm-hmm. and with what happens in the next phase, I, I don't, I can't tell you, but you definitely would see how the story can go on. Okay. Okay. Are you watching it, this? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to watch it. No, I was, I was I, asking I, I, Stephanie if she watches it. No, I, re- I don't watch it because I don't have direct TV, but uh, I read the books and I thought they were excellent. But I don't know how to get access to it if I don't have direct TV. I'll yeah, show, so Ste- I'll Stephanie knows what I'm saying. You got yeah. you got to do that third season. Yeah, it'll round was, it out. Was that end of watch? Was that what that one was? Uh, yeah, yes. Wasn't it? I don't remember what that one was called. Google, Google, Google. I can show. You, well, I can. <laughs> I can show you how to watch Mr. Mercedes, Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, it is end of watch. All right. There we go. I was like, God, am I talking? Am I naming a Game of Thrones book? Is what no. my brain's. <laughs> All right. Good deal. It just it did not sound right when I said it. Yeah, Jake. You need you need to get on this. It's. You just need to like. You just need to get on it. It's fantastic. It's really good. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of blown away by how good this show is, especially being on the Audience Network. And, yeah, big uh, year for Stephen King adaptations, good or bad. Yeah, I mean they're making they're making some more movies and miniseries and everything else. It's just yeah, it's like uh, the King of Sons or something going on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely a big resurgence on it. So yeah. I, I love it because I'm a huge fan of all of his stuff. So or a, a vast majority of it. Uh, Jake, I wanted you to talk about this, uh, Disney anywhere stuff. Did you get into that at all? Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Been, I've been following that. Um, I'm actually a member of the original service, the, uh, Disney movies anywhere. Um, for me, it's a convenient service where it links together my Disney movie rewards with my iTunes account and I can enter my code into one place and both register my movie into my iTunes digital library and get all my points for my Disney rewards without having to put the code into two separate websites. So that's primarily what I use it for. Um, it's It was Disney's digital streaming platform service. You could buy a Disney movie from there and then access it from most of the uh, major digital movie streaming services once you did it kind of linked together well disney's taking that a step further basically um they're trying to do what ultraviolet 
originally was trying to do, and that's unite as many or the majority of the major film studios together under one digital movie buying banner. And so they've dropped the name Disney from Disney Movies Anywhere and relaunched the app, website, and platform as Movies Anywhere. Uh, the tagline is, your movies together at last. And um, it seems like a pretty smooth rollout for such a kind of a daunting thing they're trying to do. And if you get in on it now and switch over from – if you start brand new or switch from the Disney service, they're throwing you a bunch of free movies right now too. I believe B- Big Hero 6, uh, the new Ghostbusters, Ice Age, Jason Bourne, and the Lego movie you'll get all for free just for uh, jumping on the service. And it connects all your movies to iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, uh, Vudu, all from this service. And so far, um, just even from when they've announced it, they've been backed by four of the most major studios. Uh, Disney's been joined by Fox, Sony, Universal, and Warner Brothers now. And they're all joining in on this service. Uh, the big holdouts so far are... Uh, Paramount and Lionsgate. Are they involved kind of, in Ultraviolet then? Yeah, yeah, yeah so far. And Ultraviolet sense. was never – I'm trying to remember. Ultraviolet's about five, six years old now. Yeah. And they still haven't – like this is already more things together than Ultraviolet has, was ever able to accomplish in you know the first week of the service. So yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a – I mean this is the thing to do. DVD sales are declining – Blu-ray sales are declining uh, every year, and the digital movie sales are increasing. So, I mean, these major companies that make these major movies need to kind of get all this stuff in lock as far as how they're going to merchandise it and market it and make it as easy for us as possible to use it across all of our different apps that have started up and different companies offering these services. So it'll be interesting to see who this hurts if this really takes off. And I actually think it will take off because it's – it's very simple. I like it a lot too because it means now any kind of code I get, I can put into this Disney or movies anywhere, and it, it's essentially an iTunes code now too. All these old codes that weren't iTunes codes that were just, you know, other streaming services. Anything other than UV, I can now just add to every service all at once now. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this whole thing. Yeah, it's going to hurt ultra- Ultraviolet, is what's going to hurt. Oh, yeah, it's really going to hurt them. I mean, I'm. I feel bad for some people that supported that, but luckily that's never the direction I went and have nothing invested in ultraviolet. So this is all good news for me as far as the way that I've consumed my media in the last five years. Yeah. I'm going to have ultraviolet doing well. No, not really. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I've heard a lot of people have a hard time with it too. Like it's not like it doesn't, it's not the easiest thing to use either. So, you know, I've heard people try to like enter codes in and it not work and just be kind of a pain in the ass, but I don't know. Yeah, and any experience I've had with Disney movies anywhere has been has been pretty flawless, you know. So it's easy to if you want to buy the movies there, it's not hard, and it's always been easy to just throw my code in and have it be available on all my streaming devices. Yeah, I, I can't really speak too much to Ultraviolet or or any of these, to be quite honest with you, because I still buy fucking Blu-rays, but. You know, I'm going to have to concede. I'm going to have to like jump onto this whole digital thing because like that that stuff's going to go away. I mean, they're just going to stop making Blu-rays altogether eventually. So, you know. Yeah, I agree. It's already been even as far as physical goes. It, it's already kind of being phased out for you know the 4K stuff. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, let's see here. I wanted to talk about, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the past, you know, this new Apple streaming service that's going to come out. Um, we're starting to find out what they're looking at as far as the programming. And this is a big one. This is, uh, this news comes from the Wall Street Journal. Apple strikes a deal with Spielberg's Amblin for Amazing Stories reboot. Oh, yes. Tupperware that news. Wow. I don't know. Did did you watch this? I know, Jake, you watched it. Stephanie, did you watch Amazing Stories growing up? No, I didn't, but um, it was one. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. It's I, Jake, I don't know about you, but I, I loved Amazing Stories. And didn't they make the movie, Amazing Stories the movie? Yeah, yeah, and it was just like a trilogy yeah. of amazing stories. Like, uh, is that the one with the plane and the animated wheel? The, that that is the one. I yes. loved that story when I was a kid, Jake. I yeah, loved me too. it. it was super I, dramatic. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved that story. Um, but yeah, Apple is currently in the process of finalizing a deal to reboot Amazing Stories with Spielberg and prolific TV creator Brian Fuller from Hannibal and American Gods. Um, both attached to the project. Spielberg's Amblin Television and Universal Television are producing um, a Fuller-led reboot of Amazing Stories, which were originally set up at NBC in 2015, but development stalled and never got off the ground. I think we reported that, Jake. Um, I, at- I remember talking about Amazing Stories on this podcast before. Yeah, Apple has agreed to finance the series itself, setting a $5 million budget, $5 million budget for each episode. So, um, That's some good money for TV. I think Apple is coming out swinging here with uh, Spielberg and Brian Fuller behind them. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think this could be great. I loved Amazing Stories. I just hope it, I hope it captures that, that feeling, you know, that I had when I was a kid watching these. But... Yeah, I think it's a very smart choice for like a banner launch series for an Apple streaming service, though, because it's like you're not like if they do a bad episode, it doesn't ruin the whole thing. You know, as long as they can get like two or three really amazing episodes of this. Yeah, yeah, it can really easily be their banner show. It doesn't make it as hard for them to please everybody. You're not locked into that one story. You're going to get a different story each time. You know, yeah. I think it's going to be good, and I think that I think it's a that's a great choice for Apple as one of their banner series for their new streaming service. Yeah, I did too. Throw that Spielberg game all over the place. That's what I'm saying, and, and Brian Fuller. I mean, you've, yeah. you've got Spielberg back in this, and then Brian Fuller is one of the most up and coming, you know, TV showrunners that are out there. You, I mean, you've got you've got the Duffer Brothers, you've got Brian Fuller, you've got Noah Hawley. Um, you know, the, uh, these are these are some good creators so i yeah i think this is this is a i mean this this destroys youtube red's fucking karate kid tv show in my opinion oh, yeah yeah <laughs> it completely takes a cran duke on it yeah it, <laughs> it it crane kicks it in the fucking face is what i'm saying so yeah uh burp, 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 burp. sylvester stallone took to instagram and posted a picture of him and michael b jordan that said Looking forward to directing and producing the incredibly talented Michael B. Jordan in Creed 2 next year. One more round. So, Ryan Coogler will not return as the director, but instead we're going to get Sly himself directing the film. So, um, I, uh, what, what, are you, what are you thinking? Um, 
Damn, hasn't he done this before? Did what? What is he? Didn't he direct one of the? Oh, he's directed one of the Rockies. He's directed four Rocky films. Yeah, he yeah, directed okay. he directed two, three, four, and Rocky Balboa. He didn't do five, huh? That's that's in his favor. <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely in his favor. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, he, he did two, three, four, and then he did Rocky Balboa back in two thousand six. So, I. Uh, I mean, it's in development. There's no release date. I don't know why Ryan Coogler's not coming back to do it. I know, you know, he's, he's, he, you know, he did, he's doing Black Panther. I don't know if Marvel's got plans for him to start on Black Panther 2. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But, um, you know, him and, him and, um, Michael B. Jordan, Ryan Coogler, they, they've worked on many projects together. I think, you know, Fruitvale Station they worked together on and, and, uh, Creed and, uh, Black Panther. And so him not coming back was kind of like a shock to me. But if anybody's going to be able to do it justice, of course, I think it's, it's, it's Sylvester Stallone. I mean, he knows, he knows the character and he knows, he knows this, this franchise. So are you a big, hey, Stephanie, yeah. are you a big fan of, uh, the Rocky films? Um, I haven't seen them all, but I've seen, I didn't see the last one. So I didn't, I didn't see the last one. Oh, so you didn't but, see, you didn't see Creed? No. Okay. You should watch it. It's really good. Um, but I like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> he was nominated, I believe, for Creed. Yeah, he was. He was, was. nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't enough to get you to watch the fucking film, though, was it, <laughs> Stephanie? <laughs> no, I can take Michael B. Jordan or leave him, and I think that's what it was. Hey, you know, I, yeah, right, hey next time you got a load of laundry, throw it in, okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stephanie just hung up on us. Uh, I think so too. <laughs> oh, there she, there she is. There she is. Uh, what? I I don't know. Are you excited about this Creed too? I, I Jake, I don't know. I, it's I I I was. Now I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where I'm worried that it's going to be. Uh, you know, we know Dolph Lundgren's coming back to do it. I I just don't want Michael B. Jordan to fight like you know his protege. You know. I don't think yeah, you don't want it to be real tropey like that. No, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I think that's what we're gonna get. We're, we're gonna probably have Michael B. Right. Jordan fighting, like you know, Stallone's training, you know, him, and and then Dolph Lundgren's training his Russian protege. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Stallone's gonna go to what he knows. Yeah. <laughs> so it could still be really good, though. Sure. Was cool. Was yeah, Creed it, good? Did you guys both like Creed? Loved it. I didn't watch it. Creed was Creed was phenomenal. It was fantastic. It was. It I was, need to see it though. You do. I mean, it's it's really it's really good. So, um, yeah. But. I don't know. I kind of was soured. I know Rocky Balboa was better than Rocky Five, but it still wasn't. I don't know. Rocky Balboa was great. Yeah, you love it. Oh, I, I love it again. I guess. Oh, I love it. I own it. I fucking love that movie. I, th- I thought Rocky Balboa was so good. Oh man, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Uh, we're gonna get a Purge TV show um, on USA and on Sci-Fi. I don't understand that. It's on both. I know. I know. That's weird. I know they're both owned by Universal, but uh, yeah, we're, it's gonna come out sometime in 2018. I seems j- like you're cutting the hand that feeds you there. Yeah, it's weird. Did, I, I've seen the first two Purge films. I haven't seen this last one. Jake, I know you saw the first one. Um, yeah, I haven't gone beyond the first. Stephanie, have you seen Purge movies? 
I've only seen the first one. Okay, so you've seen the first one. So we, you guys kind of have an idea, of course, like what it's about. There's the one night a year uh, for 12 hours where people can, you know, stay at home uh, or they can go out and kill people. And, you know, like if your neighbor pissed you off, you can go over there and shoot him in the fucking head, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember the landlord shuts your water off without telling you, you go bash his brains in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'd be interested to see how it's done as a television show. Yeah. I, uh, I do. Have, yeah. I'm I have sorry. some, de- no, you're fine. I got some details on it. I do have some details. Okay. Producer Jason Bloom from Bloomhouse Films, uh, talked about the show with Den of Geek and gave more details. And, uh, he, uh what we know uh, that it's, it's not like the films where it's, set within the 12-hour period on Purge Night. It's set sometime between the very first Purge and election year. So here's what Jason said about the show. We're we're working on kind of exploring what it's like to live the rest of the year in a world where you can kill someone on a certain day of the year. It definitely makes you think twice if you're driving and you give someone the finger or something like that. So we're definitely thinking about different things that might happen in a society where killing was legal 12 hours a year. There are a lot of things that you don't think about. You could commit a murder and then somehow make it seem like it happened on purge night and get away with it. There are a lot of things that you can do with the with that idea, and we're trying to think of all those different situations in that world. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, part of what he says sounds intriguing, but part of it is – part of the purge, what makes it so cool is actually just the, the purge night itself. That's like – that's the big draw. So like this is – is it going to be the – is it going to be like we get a whole season of leading up to purge night and then like you know the penultimate and the season finale are the actual purge night and then like we're left with – the ramifications after going into the next season. Um, you know, like, oh my God, we, they just finished the purge. Like, what are we going to get for season two if we do get a season two? It's just, I, I see what they're doing here. Like, this could go really good or really bad. I know that's kind of like broad, but I don't know. I, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I agree. I think it could go either really right or really wrong. I think if they would have maybe thought of this idea a little bit earlier and maybe have the season be the year leading up to the purge, um, either to have this happen like maybe shortly after the first movie and then have the season come and then the next movie come out and then the end of the season could be kind of end with the release of the movie. So the purge would kind of – the movie would end the series leading up. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But it, what you're saying, are, is it dependent that you watch the films to actually understand the TV show then? Right, but now that you're saying that, I see the problem with that. So yeah, now what I just said. Now, no, now yeah. we're looking at Agents of Shield. You know what, how they started doing it. Like you have to really watch the Marvel movies to kind of like understand like what's going on in the show sometimes. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think that they could make this really good. It's got Jason Blum behind it, and I think he's he's smart and he he does things on the cheap. And I think that you know that, that you don't need a huge budget for this TV show. And, you know, that Blumhouse has always made great things on a really cheap budget. I mean, look at Get Out recently. I mean, that mm-hmm. made for – They could definitely build a lot of intrigue building yeah. up to doing The Purge, you know. Yeah. So it, it, I, I, I agree. It could go either way. This, could, it, this potentially could be a really cool show. Is it going to focus on 
the world? Is it going to focus like, of course, the United States, but is it going to focus on like just one town in the United States or is it going to be like multiple towns, different characters between different states that we're going to jump back and forth with? I, I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, but I, I'm going to give it a chance. I think I'm going to give this one a chance. You know, USA is, USA has been having some decent shows. I've enjoyed Colony and, and Mr. Robot. So, you know, it's and, and and with it being on sci-fi, sci-fi is changing their lineup too. It looks like they're getting back into more serious sci-fi type TV shows. So, I would be interested interested in seeing a storyline where the government is kind of test like the the whole prequel idea of it all, where they're trying to test out the purge. So before they roll it out world or you know all over the United States, we're seeing them try it out and like isolated towns and cities. It doesn't sound like that's it though, because this is set sometime between the very first purge and election year. So it's like, it's already been rolled out. So. Hmm. And it'll be really easy to separate from the movies though. Cause I mean, I've only seen the first one, but you know, we're just following that. It's all from that family's POV. Yeah. The second one's really good though. I, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's not the family. It's Frank Grillo is in it. And I think he's in the third one as well, but I haven't seen the third one. I need, I do need to watch it, but I, I thought the second Purge movie was really fucking good too. I think these are good movies. And I think if you still have, you know, Blumhouse involved that they can do this on a low budget on TV and do it really well. We'll just, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, news from Deadline, Mike Vukadinovich will rewrite Beetlejuice 2 at Warner Brothers, a project that has long been gestating as a repairing of Tim Burton and Michael Keaton. No deals are anywhere near done with Burton or Keaton, but Deadline hears that the two who are currently working on Dumbo at Disney have been excited at the thought of collaborating on a sequel. Um, I look to see what Mike Vukadinovich has done in the past. He did a film called Rememory with Peter Dinklage and the late Anton Yelkin. Um, I think it came out in August. I had never even heard of it before. So I don't know. We've been talking about Beetlejuice 2, I think, since we started the fucking podcast. I, I, I don't know anymore if I want, I mean, and I think, uh, what's her face? Winona Ryder. She wants to come back and do it too. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the answer is no. I, I kind of don't want to see it. Tim Burton hasn't done anything that's excited me in forever, mm-hmm. and so I just have no faith in him. Yeah, and don't fuck it up. You you said that the that the that nothing's finalized as far as like my, even like Michael Keaton. You said yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no deals. I mean, they I, haven't drawn up contracts or nothing. So I. I don't think this is one that necessarily needs a sequel. I don't really think it should be touched in any way, but if they're, I would say if you can't get Michael Keaton, don't do it at all. I think, if you're going to do it. I think they need to make uh, Beetlejuice a lady, right? That's what we need to do. <laughs> you know? And I yeah, think. What, what, what lady? Kristen Wiig? Kristen Wiig? No. I, you know, and then, and then Gremlins 3 comes out. I think uh, Gizmo should be a lady, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> right. take on I, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like Hollywood. I just this. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, they just they they're like, all right, we got a new spin on it. It's In, a lady. Indiana Jones <laughs> is now a lady. All right. Huh? I don't know. But anyway, it's it's um. I don't know. I, that's called Tomb Raider, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice 2, um, 
I don't know. I don't know if I want to see this. I No, you don't. No one does. Because it won't be good. Tim Burton can't make good movies anymore. He's done. Yeah. <laughs> Take him out behind the barn and finish him <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. it, it'll be terrible. And, yeah, it would be terrible. I don't know if it'll ever move forward. All right, let's move into Marvel news. I'm done talking about Beetlejuice 2. I'm not excited about it. No. Uh, I, I'm pissed that he's fucking up Dumbo now, too. Oh, yeah. Fuck out of here, Tim Burton. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, how, how, like, Guillermo del Toro, they, they push him out of every fucking franchise, but they're like, they're like handing him over to like, uh, Guy Ritchie. Oh, yeah, yeah that King Arthur movie was shit. Um, uh, here's uh, Aladdin. Why don't you fuck up Aladdin? Yeah. Here, have your, have a crack at Aladdin. Let's see if he can fuck this one up too. Let's, let's go two for two, Guy. And then, um, you know, Tim Burton, like, what was Alice in Wonderland? That was garbage. He did, yeah. Two garbage yeah, that was films. Terrible. So n- now they're giving him Dumbo. It's like why? No, nobody. John, give it to John Favreau. Wait for him to get done with uh, Lion King and then Jungle Book two, and then and then do this live action Dumbo. Just give everything to John Favreau. Fuck. Yeah, I agree. Just I, take the time. It doesn't matter if we can't have three live action Disney movies a year. I'd rather just have the one John Favreau on every other yeah. year. Yeah. I know Brad Bird fucked up Tomorrowland, but I'd rather see Brad Bird on like Aladdin or, you know, Dumbo than yeah. than Tim Burton. I thought on a to apologize for Brad Bird, like just as far as pure direction, yeah. I think he did okay. I think uh I think fucking Lindelof dropped the ball with that ridiculous fucking screenplay when it comes to Tomorrowland. Yeah, and Hugh Laurie, as much as people love that guy, he was a terrible villain. Oh yeah, the monologues. The monologue <laughs> yeah. in that movie was ridiculous. Terrible. It yeah. was almost ironic that Brad Bird directed that movie. Like mm-hmm. after making fun of monologuing so much in Incredibles, yeah. to have a movie that basically does the things he makes fun of. Right. Ugh. Like it, it's crazy. Yeah. That movie is so bad. Oh, I know. I was so excited for it too. I was so excited for Tomorrowland. I went to the theater, saw it, and I was just like, "Oh God, this is garbage." All right. <laughs> Let's. Oh, poor t- I wonder if Timothy the Mouse is going to be a lady in the new Dumbo. I hope so. I hope Dumbo's <laughs> a lady. <laughs> Dumbo's mom is going to be a guy. That's going to be the crazy twist. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, my- Dumbo. Yeah, I don't know. It's whatever. Here we go. Let's move into Marvel news. God, this fucking episode's garbage. Um, Marvel news. Marvel news. I know. I, I I know. I'm off this episode. I just I keep thinking about that Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. I just <laughs> that's got you all bothered. I'm all hot and flustered over here. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Whew, that was hot, man. All right. Anyway. <laughs> oh man. I'm not intrigued. Yeah. Oh, by by me being hot and flustered. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, quick news: Deadpool two and Dark Phoenix have wrapped filming. It's all done. It's in the books. They've wrapped filming. All right. Yeah. So they they'll probably do a little bit of secondary after the fact, right? I, they've wrapped filming. I, they might have reshoots, Jake, just like every other yeah. film. But yeah. But yeah, they've they've officially wrapped 
rap filming. So once they kind of put things together and they see kind of like what they got, then they'll then they'll go from there and figure out if they need reshoots. So yeah, we should probably see a trailer from either or pretty soon, huh? They just got to finish a bunch more effects. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. We'll probably get the uh, Deadpool two teaser trailer. Um, and then they'll wait a long time to give us anything for Dark Phoenix because that's going to be a shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be one of those they don't want us to think about until right before. Uh huh. Yeah. But maybe I, we'll see it if we only know about it like oh, a, a couple weeks before it comes out. Oh, fuck. I'm not looking forward to that movie at all. If they could, I guarantee, oh, me either. Like, if they could embargo the critics on giving like their scores even after the movie came, comes out, I'm sure they would try to do that. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> critics have seen the movie. Uh, there's going to be an embargo <laughs> on your on your ratings. I, yeah, I'm not. It's Brian back. Singer again, too, right? No, it's Simon Kinberg. Oh God, gosh! Yeah. Singer's gone. Singer's done. Oof. Singer's doing. Uh, Singer's doing the the uh, Rami Malek Freddie Mercury film, the Bohemian Rhapsody. You, you know what's kind of fucked up? I kind of want to see. Uh, I kind of want to see Kingsbird fall on his ass too. Like, you know, it's like, hey, it's not so hard, but, you know, it's pretty hard to do, buddy. You know, you're so concerned about all the, you know, messing with all these other directors. It's, it's fucked up. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, part of, part of you, part of me wants like this movie to be great, you know, because I, I, I don't want them to fuck up the X-Men. But I, I do kind of want them to fuck up, too, so they can just reboot this entire X-Men universe that's gone on way too long now, you know? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's any any signs of it stopping either with some of the choices that they made in the last six you know, six months to a year. Are you a big fan of the X-Men films, Stephanie? Have you liked what you've seen recently? Um, the recent films, yes. I like Days of Future Past. I didn't like... Um, Apocalypse? I hated Apocalypse. Yeah. But I'm also one of the very few people that I think liked The Last Stand, actually. Really? <laughs> I <laughs> I defend it too. I, I thought at that point it was so crazy that you had no idea what was going to happen next, and yeah, it, it was never boring. That's true. No, um, Jake, thought, Jake, you like it for different reasons. You like it because of the train wreck that it is. Let's just get it I out was there. Blown away when they when they kill Cyclops off in like ten minutes. I was like, all right. I'm strapping my seatbelt off. <laughs> no, I think Stephanie, you you liked it because you just enjoyed it, right? I did. I did enjoy it. Right. You're like, you're like, ah, give me that Dark Phoenix story and fucking uh, give me the Wolverine Weapon X story all in one movie. I don't give a shit. Hit me with it all, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a polyamorous relationship of films. It's like two movies in one, right? Oh, man. What's the infamous juggernaut line in that movie? Is it? On the juggernaut, the juggernaut bitch! bitch. <laughs> <laughs> fucking terrible. I, I did like Days of I thought Days of Future Past was I I actually I like Tupperware that. But then I thought Armageddon I would uh, uh Apocalypse. Apocalypse, I'm sorry, Apocalypse. I would totally toss it. Yeah, it was Ar bad. Armageddon was Bruce Willis and Steve Buscemi and I tossed Ben that Affleck. <laughs> yeah. With that amazing Aerosmith song. Oh man. Uh, I do want to close my eyes. So <laughs> no. Um you know, uh did you like Logan? I loved Logan. Yeah, so good. So it good. was excellent. Yeah. All right. Speaking of mutants and X Men, we got our new mutants trailer. Uh, this one's going to be. Uh, we're going to be talking about this. Uh, it's, this film is directed by Josh Boone, the director from The Fault in Our Stars with uh, 
Ansel Elgort is in that movie, uh, the uh, our lead in Baby Driver. But uh, I want us to go ahead and rate the new Mutants trailer and what we thought about it. I'm going to start with you, Stephanie. So I, I, I want to know what your rating is of this new Mutants trailer. I give it a taste it. Taste it. All right. I knew you were going to be safe. It'll taste it. <laughs> little, little safe taste it rating. Because I was going to start with you because like, I, I didn't want like Jake or me to sway you one way or the other. You know, with our okay. rating. So I wanted to get like that, that, that real rating and you're just like right down the middle tasted. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Middle of the road. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, what did you like? What did you not like? I'm still, I need to, I think I still need to wrap my mind around and to get used to the idea of it being a horror film. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what I, I hadn't heard that before I saw the, or read it, that information before I watched the trailer. And so when I saw it, it threw me for a loop. I watched it a few times actually. Um, yeah, it looks interesting enough for me to go see it. I'll definitely go see it when it comes out. I, I just, yeah, I need more. I want to see another trailer. I need more. Jake, what, are you, th- yeah. what are you thinking? Man, I, I thought this was a really great trailer. I don't, I don't know if it'll be indicative of how good of a movie it is, but I mean, this trailer does the job, I think, of showing people what they're going to get and kind of just like it did Stephanie, kind of surprising people with what it shows them. I'm actually going to give this trailer a Tupperware. Just because as far as, like, trailer craft goes, I, I, I think it's really a really well-done trailer. I think they nailed it. They they tell you what their mission statement is and what they're doing, and and it's kind of shocking. So I, I think it's a very well-done trailer. Uh, the movie could still be a flaming pile of shit and a toss-it, and, you know, I, I, there's a chance that that's going to be the case, but I thought this was a fantastic trailer. Yeah, I'm like... Uh... I'm waffling between like a toss it and a low taste it with this one. I just, wow. you know, I, I, yeah, it's, it just looks like every other fucking, uh, shitty horror movie that comes out now, right? I mean, it just, you just, <laughs> you're just slapping the new mutant's name on it, right? I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just, if this, if this had nothing to do, if this had nothing to do with X-Men at all, if this was just called, uh, yeah, psycho kids or some shit, right? You know? Yeah. Um, I just be, we would never even fucking talk about this trailer. Like, this, that, it would never even come up in the fucking show. We would. Oh, yeah, but that's, so that's exactly why they did it. I, right? You know? I, I get that, Jake. It just looks like every other horror film that I ignore, or if I watch, I'm not happy with. So I, I get what Josh Boone's doing here. I'm just, I just don't know if it's going to translate well. I don't know. You know what I mean? And it just looks like every other horror movie that's coming out right now. The, the, the only thing that's different is like insert mutants. That's it. That's it for me. So it just, it really did nothing for me. It just looks like another horror film that I would ignore. And, uh, it, it doesn't grab me just because it has mutants in it. And then you got Maisie Williams looking dopey there for like one second. <laughs> you know, like they get one shot of Maisie Williams just kind of like looking dopey sitting in a fucking chair. I'm like, that's one of your biggest names in this is Maisie Williams. And there she is like, you know, and so I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a thing. I, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. I like how they don't show, I like how they don't show too much a lot also. It's yeah. Like they don't show. Hopefully we don't see too many more of the big reveals. So, you know, we don't see what Wolfsbane's going to look like. We don't see really too many displays of these characters' powers. And when we do, it's very quick-cutting stuff. So I feel like a lot of stuff is being saved for the movie. Or 
hopefully not further trailers. I, Stephanie, when you were watching it and you saw like the hand come up in the dryer, oh. were you like, I do laundry too? You know, (laughs) (laughs) what bothered, I think what, what Jake is saying about, um, keeping a lot, like holding a lot back, that's, I think that's what bothered me about it. Um, because you don't know what you're going to get. No, you don't know. And the only reason you knew that it was, you know, it it was part of the, this universe was because she had mentioned the word, the doctor, whoever that character was, had mentioned, uh, mutants and they showed I believe they did they show gravestones or something with numbers on them yeah and, they did yeah, yeah yes. and I'm other than that if I would have just seen that and maybe watched it on mute I just would have thought it was a horror movie had the like the hands on the wall like just cliche stuff yeah I just I need I need I need I needed some of the X Men stuff to make it to make me more invested in into see in seeing more if that makes any sense yeah what was that like that green liquid that they were in they were putting in the in those IVs, you know, I, I don't know what. Yeah, that I don't is. know. They just showed it filling up like the yeah, so kind of yeah. That was weird. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I I hope I'm wrong. I, it just you know I don't like a lot of the 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 current climate of like the horror films that are coming out right now. I like I like you know I I loved and you know I'm, maybe I'm not the best person to ask, but I like I love the Babadook because it was so different, and um, you know I like. You know, James Wan has done some great stuff with horror recently. You know, not always sticking the landing with the, with it, but you know, he does it, he does a good job. It's just, you know, some of these, some of these horror movies that are coming out now, it, they're just too much special effects and special effects don't scare me. You know, um, I like practical effects in my horror films, but this just looked like another horror film, insert mutants, and it really didn't do anything to get me too excited. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's too bad. I'm pretty pumped now after seeing this trailer. Yeah, not me. It's got the Stranger Things kid, the older brother, and I was like, ah, I like that guy. You know, that's cool. I'm glad they cast him in this. I like that guy. He's a good actor. But yeah, uh, we got a, a New Mutants trailer email from Benjamin Geis. He says, Leftovers, is it just me or does the New Mutants trailer have a big nightmare on Elm Street 3, the Dream Warriors vibe? Also seems like the faces pressed up against the walls thing is from Nightmare on Elm Street. Thanks, Ben Guys. Yeah, I mean, I could see that comparison. I haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street 3 for fucking ever. Yeah, it's been 20 years for me. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I haven't seen it in like 20 years, man. I remember the kid turns into a wizard. <laughs> I remember liking that one, though. I do remember that. No, one. I remember three and four being kind of the highlights of the series for me. Yeah. Uh, Josh Boone told IGN that this movie may kick off a trilogy of mutant horror films. Here's his quote. We brought it to Fox as a trilogy of films, really all based on that long run by Sankowitz, and kind of incorporates some stuff from later issues in the 80s. These are all going to be horror movies, and they're all – uh, and they'll all be their own distinct kind of horror movies. This is certainly the rubber reality supernatural horror movie. The next one will be a completely different kind of horror movie. Our take was just go examine the horror genre through comic book movies and make each one its own distinct sort of horror film, drawing from the big events that we love in the comics. He also confirmed that it will take place in present day and not the 80s uh, or 90s. Which is kind of a good thing that he kind of confirmed that because, like, you know, the other X-Men films have been taking place in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and now the next one, the 90s. Uh, mm-hmm. he, 
He did say it's part of the X-Men universe. He did not really get into what part of the X-Men universe it's in. I'm guessing the singer verse. He said, there's some things I can, I, there's some things I can't talk about. I can say, I can just say it is connected to and a part of the X-Men universe and will continue to be as part, uh, be a part of the X-Men universe and will be a part of that as it opens up in the next movies and all that. So I, I agree with you, Brian. Just I think at this point, him saying the X Men universe means the Singer universe, huh? Yeah, that's that's what I'm guessing. I mean, you know, I I wouldn't consider Deadpool the X Men universe, even though he is associated with X Men. Mm-hmm. So, but um, you know, the movie is going to be hitting theaters in April, April thirteenth, two thousand eighteen, and that is Friday the thirteenth. So, I oh, that's great. I think oh. it's going to be low budget enough. I think this movie is going to make a lot of money. I mean, that's, and I think that's one of the reasons that Fox is doing this is because, you know, it's, it's kind of an experimental comic book movie. It really is. And, you know, it's a horror comic book movie and, and you can make that on the cheap. And I think that this movie will do very well in the box office because some people going into this one are just going to think it's a horror movie. Other people are going to be comic book fans and know that it's a comic book movie and, Everybody's going to get what they want because you're getting comic books and the people that are going there for a horror film are getting that too. But they're also going to get a little bit of comic books in there too. I think this movie's going to do really well. Is it going to critically do well? I have no clue. We'll have to find out what the Rotten Tomatoes rating is and all that other shit. But we'll see. I completely I completely agree, Brian. I think this movie's going to be a bona fide smash. I mean it's kind of combining the two cheap things that people love right now. You know, Yeah. For as much the, as I – didn't care for the trailer. I, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to say just because I didn't like oh, it, yeah. it's not going to make a shit ton of fucking money. Yeah, it's going to make boatloads of money. And I mean, you know, I can't imagine the budget on this thing being too much. So it kind of shows a little bit of the nearsightedness that Marvel Studios has, though. Like Fox is just going to be able to come in and take all that easy money that's just sitting there waiting to be taken, you know? Yeah. Because I, of something that the other side is unwilling to do. Marvel's got just, they got a proven formula though. I mean, it's what yeah. and see everybody else that's tried to emulate that formula has failed miserably, miserably. Like every see that's the thing. Like Marvel's got Kevin Feige, the guy at the top, and he's he's doing all these things, and like everybody's trying to emulate that. Like now you got DCEU or whatever they want to be called now. You've got them. They got they brought in Jeff Johns. And so now, you know, they've got Jeff Johns, they've got Whedon, they've got Jenkins, and they're trying to do this whole universe thing. And they tried to do it like Marvel, and it's not been working. So now they're trying to do it a little bit different. Now that now they're trying to go a little bit more the Fox route and do like this little Elseworlds thing that they got going on with the Joker origin story. So like, you know, I I don't know, man. It's I, everybody's wanting to do this uh, this cinematic universe. Everybody wants to have their next cinematic universe. Like Hellboy's wanting to do it now, Jake. They're, they're, you know, Mike Mignola. I just it makes everything so stale and so cookie cutter. If everything becomes that, though, you know, I know. Like no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, that's yeah, what I'm you, saying. I know you agree. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like everybody's trying to do it and failing miserably. Miserably. Like Marvel's got that locked up. They've done it. Like everybody else needs to be trying to do what Fox is doing right now and trying to find other ways to set up these universes or do something different. And I think Fox gets that now. Like we're seeing like, you know, like the X-Men, like the flagship films, like go by the wayside. Like nobody gives a fuck about this dark Phoenix movie. Nobody gives a shit about it, but everybody's ready for Deadpool too. Everybody wants that film. 
Fox is genius right now. I agree. They've got their finger on the pulse of how to make the money. It's you gotta you gotta do the things that Marvel can't and give that to the people. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what Deadpool did and that's exactly what it looks like this is gonna do. It's gonna be a type of superhero movie that you just you cannot get from Marvel Studios. No, no, exactly. Yeah, because they're not gonna. They're not gonna. Is this gonna be a PG thirteen movie? I thought that uh, they said I R. Not. I thought it looks PG thirteen to me though. It does look PG thirteen. I hope it's R. Yeah, I agree. I hope it's. I hope it's R. I hope it's R too. That's the only re- way I'd really even care to see it because if it's PG thirteen, like usually with a PG thirteen horror movie, you don't. They're not really good, except unless it's Poltergeist. I mean, I mean that's. I don't know. This movie has a lot to do, though. Not only does it does it have to be a horror movie, but it's it's got to build these characters too, and that's going to be intriguing if they can pull that off. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't see enough in there to get me excited. I don't know. If it was just like if it was just any other horror film, I would just see this trailer and be like, eh, okay. But you know, you slap New Mutants on there, it's like ah, yeah, they're from the comics. Those are those are mutants. So I. It just didn't. I kind of, I kind of applaud the way they did that. I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. I love how they kind of treated it as a reveal. If like when this plays in the theater, it's gonna play to people that don't know about this. Is yeah, I very think, strange. I like think, it's gonna be a swerve. Yeah, I think casual audiences aren't even gonna realize that it's a that it's an X Men film. I agree, so. and I, I think that's intentional. I like it. I. I that's that's what I was saying. I said, you yeah. know, they're going to get the casual. I mean, I didn't say that, but I did say like they're going to get people that go into this movie just thinking it's a horror film and then they're also going to get the comic book fans. So, I mean, you're going to get both audiences going in there. <laughs> they should I don't know. I guess they, at the end of the day you have to call it the New Mutants, but that as far as horror movies go, that's one of the worst names for a horror movie ever. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, okay, so we're talking about everything Fox is doing right. Here's something that they might be doing wrong. Let's talk about the Gambit film. Uh, yeah, uh, let's talk about that. Uh, it's, this news comes from Deadline. This isn't. They, they've announced a, a release date, February fourteenth, two thousand nineteen. So they're, it's coming out on Valentine's Day, and uh, that's yeah. So that's they, they've got a date. It's happening. This is this is happening. I think once again with the Gambit movie, they they need to do something that Marvel's not doing. You know, I don't know. Maybe put Gambit in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> Marvel Studios wouldn't do that. Oh man, I would. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Fuck. Oh man, damn it! You brought me right. back. Fuck. All right, think about that. That'd be a good movie. Oh, that'd be a fantastic movie. I want more of these polyamorous films, <laughs> big time. Yeah. Big time. See, that was just a polyamorous like biopic. We mm-hmm. need the full on polyamorous superhero movie. Oh man, uh, Gambit in a polyamorous relationship with like Gamora and and Black Widow. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that'd be amazing. That's kind of appealing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I I get it, guys. I know Marvel Studios has those characters, but. You know, let's just do that. Hey, let's work out that Sony deal with uh, with Fox. That way, we can make this happen. We really need Black Widow. Can you make some money, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Anyway, uh, Gambit news. We also got some new Gambit news here from Omega Underground. Uh, editor Christopher M. from Omega Underground tweeted: "So everyone doesn't freak out. Gambit is a crime slash heist film." Be prepared. I'm sure everyone will still freak out about it. 
Um, and this does line up kind of with what Splash Report reported when we talked about it back in episode two or three where Gambit is hired to do a job in Paris to steal something from the Louvre Museum. Uh, the Louvre Museum. Um, in that, I guess, I don't know. Okay, so he his mysterious employer is revealed to be uh, Mr. Sinister. He offers Gambit $40 million to recover a mysterious trunk that was stolen by the Boudreaux clan. And it's like a crime heist film. And that was what Splash Report was saying. And I'm not saying like this, that they're like 100% correct, but it does kind of like that Splash that they're kind of like on the same page with this. But I've also heard that the villain in this film is going to be uh, Kandra. Are you familiar with that character, Jake? No, I'm not. It's a Gambit villain. I it, She was introduced, I guess, in like the Gambit solo run that he had back in nine in the, in the early 90s. And uh, I'll tell you, if I could say one thing real quick, I get kind of gun shy at this point when we're describing a movie that hasn't come out yet as a heist movie. I think maybe it's Ant-Man slash Rogue One that has me a little bit like, I mean, it's I really like a great heist movie. And it's every time they keep promising these big production movies to be a heist movie, it, it never really, whether or not the movie's good, it never really pans out as a good heist movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, so. you've got to, I guess you, I mean, when you got a character who's like involved in the Thieves Guild, you got, I guess yeah. it makes sense <laughs> to make it a crime slash heist film, you know? I just hope they follow through with that. It's easy to say we're making a heist movie. Right. Well, but it's, it's yeah. another thing to follow through on making us give a shit about the caper and the object being stolen and, the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of work. And I, ho- I hope if they can pull that off, it, it could be a good movie. And half of the outlets are reporting that Gore Verbinski is the director and like the other half are saying like he's not confirmed. So this is all fucked up. I don't know. Are, Stephanie, are you looking forward to a Gambit film? I am not. Um, I, I, when I first heard that they were making it, I got a little excited, but then as time ticked on and all the delays and all, I just, I lost interest and I'm not entirely thrilled that Channing Tatum's going to be playing Gambit. I don't know something about it, but I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll give it a go, but I'm not excited. Oh, but he lived in uh, New Orleans for like, you know, uh, a couple weeks when he was a kid. <laughs> it's like everybody, everybody's like, everybody's like, oh, he's going to nail the accent. He, he, he's from <laughs> New Orleans. It's like he lived there when he was a kid for a while and then moved to Florida. Shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> <That's> stupid. <laughs> when, do you, I, and you, if you said this already, let me know, but who's going to be playing Mr. Sinister? No, I, we don't know. They, they, like, uh, Splash oh, okay. Report had the rumor that it was going to be Daniel I'm Craig. I'm interested to see who that will be. Yeah, exactly. And, and we don't who even Who was know. the rumor, Ryan? Daniel Craig. It was Splash Report oh. said Daniel oh, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, we, we don't even know if he is the villain. Like, that's Splash Report synopsis that they came up with. Like, and, but, um, now Omega Underground is saying that Kandra is going to be the villain. She's a, uh, I guess she's one of Gambit's villains in the comics. So, and I'm not familiar with the character. So, probably an ex-lover scorned. I don't know. Yeah, I have <laughs> just making a guess. I have no Brian, clue. Brian, are you excited for the Gambit movie? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's. I, I, I guess I'm waiting to see that first trailer. You know, I don't. Not really. Not like right now. I'm not. You know, if <laughs> if I see the first trailer and it's amazing. Then yes, of course. But I mean, like, 
as of right now, I'm not like, you know, itching for a fucking Gambit film, you know? Like, oh my god, finally, the, the Gambit film's happening, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, maybe, maybe it could be cool, like, you know, like, you know, they show in the trailer, like, him, you know, holding the fucking cards and, you know, throwing them at people and shit, and... Throwing him right at the screen in 3D. Now, you know, like, if he, if he did it, like, in the style of, like, John Wick, like, him just fucking mm-hmm. flicking cards at people, like, hitting them in the heads, headshots, that, that'd be kind of neat, I guess. They should I, do a scene where he gets a fresh pack and you see all 52 <laughs> cards get used and they, like, count them down, you Even know? the card that says bicycle on it. Oh, yeah, the how to play card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, make it, yeah, make it, if they if they made Gambit rated R, maybe I'd be interested. That'd be kind of cool. Let's do it R. Yeah. Fuck it. You know, they've had such great luck with, like, Logan and with Deadpool being rated R. I think they should just go all out with Gambit. Low budget, rated R, Gambit. Yeah, they should do it. Hopefully that's what's going on with New Mutants, too. Uh, after a Thor Ragnarok screening, um, members of the press started to tweet their reactions. So let's see here. Um, Jim Voodoo-da. Jim. That's Jim Voodoo-da. That's what it says. Jim Voodoo-da. That's what it says, man. That's, that sounds like one of our iTunes reviewers' names. <laughs> Jim da Jim Day. Yeah, Jim Vadida says, "Who are these guys?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "No, he says uh, Thor Ragnarok is the best Thor movie, but still think it's really good, not awesome." Hemsworth, Hulk, and Tessa, all great though, and Goldblum. Uh, Peter Serretta from Slash Film says Thor Ragnarok is one of the funniest Marvel Studio movies thus far. Definitely the best Thor film. Loved Mark, love Mark Motherboss score. Uh, Steven Weintraub from Collider said, loved Thor Ragnarok. At Taika Watiti did an awesome job. Movie is loaded with his trademark humor. Laughed beginning to end. I can already hear a lot of people saying, oh great, another funny Marvel movie. Um, Steven, uh, no, Jermaine Lucier said uh thor ragnarok is just plain fun it's hilarious from start to finish with quirky performances quirky performances and exciting action tessa thompson is the mvp umberto gonzalez uh from, where is he from now man i like how everyone's takeaway is a different mvp on these Humberto Gonzalez says, absolutely rocks. I was totally blown away by the story, action effects, performances, and one of Marvel's best soundtracks. And um, so it's getting good reactions uh, from uh, good reactions, good to great reactions from these uh, critics. Everybody's yeah, I'm excited to hear the score now with people actually, because usually the scores in the Marvel movies are, you know, fairly generic and not don't really stand out. I mean, unless it's tell me any score from any Marvel movie besides Guardians. established Guardians music. Yeah. 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 So excited to hear what that's going to sound like. If it's got a really unique score. 
do you think they might be paying more attention to the music now that it got such a good review? It got such good um, reviews and people were talking about it so much from the Guardians movies. Do you think that'll be something they focus on more in the future moving forward? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. But I feel like it sounds like here they actually did a good original score rather than, you know, Guardians. Yeah, Guardians got famous by doing, you know, the, the different songs and putting them to the film. But it sounds like they've actually nailed, like, a score here, which is, has kind of been a lost art in cinema to me in the last 10 years as where are those big memorable film scores that we used to have, you know, all the time. Yeah. You know, you go back to, you know, Jurassic Park, you know, Superman, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. I mean, but you know, it's all fucking John Williams and, you know, Danny Elfman with Batman and, uh, you know, Even like, I don't know, even like Titanic and Lord of the Rings movies, and there just hasn't been any, I can't try to think of the last film that just had that big time iconic score. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, just, I can't. No, oh, I know. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, so, I don't think they worry about that much anymore. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, unfortunate. Thor Ragnarok. It's easier to, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. I was going to no. say, it's easier to cross media and sell an album with a bunch of hip hop songs. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok apparently has two post-credit scenes. Uh, who knows if that's going to change? That was at the uh, you know the original screening. They every once in a while there'll be like two post-credit scenes, and then by the time it has its actual theatrical release, they've actually added like an additional post-credit scene. You know, so but as of right now, Thor Ragnarok has two post-credit scenes, and I think that they said that the movie has a runtime of. An official what was the official runtime? I know I thought I wrote it down. I think it's two hours and ten minutes. I read a quote from James James Gunn that really blew my mind. He said that this was far and away the most colorful Marvel movie, and that it made Guardians 2 look sepia toned. Hmm. And I was like, geez, Guardians 2 is so bright and vibrant. Yeah, he so, always but, pumps up these other movies. Oh, right? yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was talking about uh, Thor Ragnarok, and he said that he talked to Cinema Blend, and he says Thor Ragnarok kicks off the first film in a three-film story about the Hulk. Okay? So don't get this confused with the uh, Hulk getting his own films. This this kicks off a Hulk film story arc. This is the first. And they, they're not making Hulk solo films because... What is uh, it? Universal deal. It's yeah. It's Universal has the distribution rights, and so they don't want to pay Universal for that. And I mean, the the Hulk solo movies haven't been amazing. I, I loved. I did like the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. I did like that one a lot, but it wasn't like a huge success. So um, yeah. But he goes on to say, so basically, Kevin pulled me aside before this and said, if you were going to do a, if we were going to do a standalone Hulk movie, what would it be? And I said, I think it should be this, 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 and this, and this, and it ends up like this. And he's like, I love that. Why don't we do that in the next three movies, starting with Thor 3, and then we go into Avengers 3 and 4, and I was like, that sounds great. And so we are at the beginning of this arc. Hmm. That's really cool. I like it. Do you like it? It sounds like... I, I liked this, this, but I didn't like that is what <laughs> I got out of it. I just like it. Obviously, they have, I, I think, 
they, the Russo brothers have a handle on the Hulk right now. And that it's good to know that they have Endgame, because I know a lot of people's complaint about Age of Ultron is the, the Force Black Widow stuff, and it feels like that that obviously had no Endgame, because we're not even bothering to mention it anymore. Oh man, so I hope they nice, get. I hope they nice get back to, to that they, story. I do. I really do. Maybe that that'll be what the that is. Yeah, I, maybe Hulk and Black Widow are in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> <laughs> With who else? Tessa Thompson, Valkyrie. Yeah, I was thinking uh, the Collector. It makes sense, right? All right. Yeah, he likes the you know collect things and stuff. You know, you know why not? <laughs> Anyway, uh, Screen Rant, uh, they asked Kevin Feige point blank about this three film story about the Hulk. And, uh, they said, uh, they, they said Mark Ruffalo recently said that Thor Ragnarok is the beginning of a new character story for the Hulk. Now, going into Avengers Infinity War, the Hulk has evolved. He's gotten smarter. Will we see that evolution continue? Maybe even a different shade of color for the Hulk. I think they're alluding to the Gray Hulk. <clears throat> Kevin Feige says anything's possible. It is something when we were talking to Mark about this movie and trying to get him excited and getting him to agree to be in this movie, I did pitch him a potential sort of three-movie arc for the character, starting with this, and that is what we ended up doing. Now, I won't say where it goes, but it's the continuing evolution of the relationship between Banner and Hulk, and you see a side of it here. There's a great line. Banner says, it's different this time. Usually it feels like we both have a hand on the wheel, but this time he was driving and I was locked in the trunk. Are they ever going to be able to resolve that? So that's nice, nice. That's what it's that's what it seems like in this film. Like, uh, doesn't it? Like, the Hulk is really enjoying being on this planet and just dominating. You know? Yeah, just kind of letting loose. Oh, man, I, I got to tell you, when I hear this whole thing that the whole plan is we're getting the Hulk story over the next three movies, mm-hmm. the first thing I think is that we're going to adapt World War Hulk here in one of these Avengers movies, like as a side story. Because yeah. we're, we're doing Planet Hulk as a side story here yeah. in Thor Ragnarok. Exactly. And Hulk's going to be uber pissed about, you know, being left all out in space by his own. I guess that's not how it happened. No, movies, it's not. Though. He just fucking yeah. jettisoned out. Yeah, he got on the Quinjet so, and left. There could be a different catalyst. You know, maybe the, the Avengers try to force the Hulk to come back, and that's what sets everything off. So, I don't know. Hard saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Ruffalo talked with Cinema Blend about the Hulk speaking in the film. He says Hulk speaking is the start to separating of these two individuals, these identities and this split identity person and where that's going to end up going. So it was really interesting to me. He's like a baby. He's like a five-year-old or a six-year-old. So he has the same syntax. He has the same worldview. And so it was fun. It's like Chris Hemsworth. We all got to reinvent our characters in this. So he, uh, Mark Ruffalo kind of fucked up. And, uh, when they had the premiere of the movie, he was doing, I guess, a live stream. I think it was like on Instagram or something. And he forgot to turn his, his live feed off and he put the phone in his pocket. So like the first eight minutes of audio for Thor Ragnarok were just being streamed before it finally 
cut off. So wow, yeah, that's awesome. He apologized for it, but yeah, I think there was quite a few, like maybe like five hundred or so people still like listening for like the first eight minutes of Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, if I would have been on that feed, I wouldn't have turned it off. Oh hell yeah, me either. I'd have been like, oh my god, I'm listening to fucking Thor Ragnarok. But I, yeah, it's kind of crazy that because uh, they're really strict about like letting phones in and and you know, so yeah, yeah. they're probably not patting down Mark Ruffalo. No, he no. just fucked up. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to this film. I am. I am a little bit worried though when I hear about like all the humor in Thor Ragnarok because that was one of the big things that I didn't like about Ant-Man was the overuse of the humor. But I love Taika Waititi. I, I, I think he's a great director. And so I don't know. We'll see. I hear that Jeff Goldblum is just a bizarre character and amazing in this. So I'm looking forward to that. And like all the love and excitement for Tessa Thompson has me really excited. So I want to see her as Valkyrie. So Yeah, I think humor is the direction to go to Thor. It's such a rigid character and universe that if you don't take it a little bit lightly i think it, it just becomes too stuffy and full of exposition so i i think it's the way to go with the character yeah i i want there to be humor in it but i also you know i do want i do want an intimidating villain at the end of the day with hella you know kate blanchett's oh, yeah. hella i don't want the ending to be like guardians of the galaxy where like thor is dancing to defeat her or something you know <laughs> that <laughs> yeah that's just me. I, I do. I do want that to be the threat here, and I, it should be. I mean, it's it's called Ragnarok, so it should be. You know, we're going to see the destruction of Asgard. There should there should be some heavy shit in this as well. So, I mean, the trailer definitely delivers on that. There will be, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think Odin's going to die. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right there. You looking forward to uh, Ragnarok? Stephanie? I am. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that, and you guys have said this in past episodes, I'm hoping that there's more to the battle than what they've shown us. I feel like they've given a lot away already, and so I hope that there's a lot left that we haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. That's a little disappointing. But yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to stay away from the TV spots for this one because I feel like, you know, like that's the big thing. That's the big draw is that gladiator battle. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, we see Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, get destroyed. Oh. Go ahead. Yes. So, I had a question about. Go for it. Did, did they say, um, or does it say, uh, this, the, the Hulk arc, um, is gonna develop over the next three films? Did they say which three? Are we just assuming it's Thor, Infinity War, and then the next Infinity War? Or is there gonna be a movie in between that might stick it in? It's gotta be, you know, any of the films that involve the Hulk. So it's, uh, yeah, it's gonna be this film is the first and then Avengers 3 and 4. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, because we do get Black Panther in February, but we're not gonna have the Hulk story expanded right. upon in Black Panther. That'd be fucking weird. That <laughs> <laughs> like, and the Hulk's gotta think for vibranium. <laughs> right. <laughs> I gotta upgrade this armor. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we see, uh, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, get destroyed by Hela in the trailer. So what weapon will he have by Infinity War? Chris Hemsworth was asked this question by ET Canada, Entertainment Tonight Canada. And he said, there is something pretty exciting coming. I think the fans will know and love and be excited for it. So fans are speculating that he's going to be using the axe. He carried before he was worthy to lift Mjolnir. Uh, I think it's pronounced Yarbjorn. Yarbjorn. It's the Yarbjorn. <laughs> 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 I think it's Yarbjorn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. oh, that's funny. All right, yeah, it's called uh, it's called Yarnburn, and <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, it's a uh, dwarven forged battle axe that was wielded by Thor that he blessed with his own blood, giving it the power to pierce celestial armor. So Yarnborn ain't fucking around. Yeah, shit. Who needs the old shit? Out with the old, in with the new. In with the new. So he's going to have... I'm sure he's going to get Mjolnir back, but... Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, is that going to be Is that going to be who... Uh, is that who Dinklage is going to be? Is he going to be this... Uh, this uh, um, the, 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 it's a dwarven for, forged battle axe. Is he going to be the one... Who uh, puts Mjolnir back together again? Is hmm, yeah, that's that's a good call. So I don't know. We don't know who he's playing yet, do we? Yeah, there's been rumors, you know. There's been rumors, yeah. but nothing's confirmed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited to hear how Kirby influenced the Thor movie is, and just like how how many of the elements of like the Kirby. Thor stuff are going to be incorporated into this. It seems like it's going to be really grand. Yeah, yeah. Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok is tracking uh, ninety million for the weekend. So it's, oh. it's good. That's that's the it's the best opening for a Thor film so far. I, I think it might even make more. I'd say ninety five, maybe maybe even a hundred. I agree. I think they're lowball on it too. I think they did a good job of getting people getting butts in seats by throwing the Hulk element in here. And I think it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, screen rant, talked to Kevin Feige at a press junket for Thor Ragnarok and talked to him about the, the crazy timeline in the MCU that was created by uh, Spider-Man homecoming. And, um, he said that they're going to basically Kevin, Kevin Feige says that they're going to be publishing an official timeline that'll, that'll fix everything, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> and behind the curtain he's saying fucking sony yeah, <laughs> yeah can they fix he, it can they fix it can they literally fix this because it's fucked up man i, th- I think they can really they can figure it how? out how how the fuck are you gonna i don't know they're like off by like four years when it comes to certain things it's ridiculous just fix it do some fucking post dubbing <laughs> and change some of the audio of a couple of lines you're good to go I suppose. I it's nothing that big, right? Does it really? Are you really like scratching your brain too much on this stuff? No, I, it doesn't bother me. It, I, I, I just, I just say roll with it. I, I, I don't even come. If I'm Kevin Feige, I'm just like, yeah, we fucked up. Deal with it. Yeah, who cares? Just admit that you fucked up and move on. Don't, it, don't say you're going to come out with a timeline that's going to fix everything. Yeah, that almost makes it worse. Yeah, just be like, yeah, we fucked up. We can't fix yeah. it. <laughs> I wouldn't even do that. I just pretend it. I just pretend ignorance. I don't know. I, we didn't fuck anything up. <laughs> we don't need to fix nothing. <laughs> look, look at our banks. Oh, and then they, and then they try to call you out on what you fixed up, and you're just like, "I'm Kevin Feige, bitch." <laughs> yeah, wham, wham. I'm Kevin Feige. Deal with it. <laughs> we ain't fucking nothing up. Are you Kevin Feige? No, you're not. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, Avengers. Oh yeah, um, Fandango's managing editor Eric Davis asked Kevin Feige when we can expect to finally see the uh, the official Infinity War trailer, and Feige said sometime before the end of the year. So we at yeah. least know 
It'll be sometime before the end of the year. Um, a lot of people are thinking that it's going to be released with Thor Ragnarok, but who knows? I, I buy that. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely, uh, definitely by Star Wars, the big Marvel event movie trailer before the big Star Wars event. Yeah. Makes yeah, a lot of sense to me. Absolutely. Uh, Avengers 4 rumors. Uh, Central Casting Georgia sent out a casting call, and um, it points to a possible death in the film. They are looking for mourner, mourners, possibly possibly a funeral scene, but that's not 100% confirmed. But I don't know why you would be looking for mourners if it, was, if it wasn't for a funeral. Um, but here's the description. Mourners looking for men and women over the age of 18, all ethnicities, to portray mourners, especially looking for good character looks and expressive faces. Um, <laughs> then they... <laughs> This, this will be photo selected by the film's directors. Size restrictions. Men no larger than 44 coat. Women dress size 0 to 8. For new faces only, you cannot have worked on this project previously or be booked on upcoming days. No exceptions. None. <laughs> <laughs> so Let's yeah. do it. Let's go cry for Cap. Yeah, let's, uh, he's dead, right? It's Cap, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Dead cat. What other character would you need, like normal standard buys to mourn for too? Uh, Vision. Really, the general <laughs> public in the Marvel universe is no. our big Vision fans. That's a, that's a bad joke, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what, what the fuck, Brian? <laughs> wouldn't that fucked, went over my head. Wouldn't that be fucked up if they put him in the they, they put him in the casket and he keeps like phasing through it? Oh, that that would get real awkward real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a family guy sketch. Like this, it just keeps happening over and over and over again. This dead body just keeps like popping out of the casket. <laughs> Every time the pallbearers lift it, the Paul just Bear. the laying on the floor. <laughs> they, just, they, just, they just have to build a mausoleum around it. <laughs> Oh, this is a ridiculous tangent, but I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Man, that sucks. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah, it would. Jeez. They need to figure that shit the out. Guy. It, becomes a, it becomes a fucking Mighty Python <laughs> sketch at that point. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Do you think this is a little off topic? But yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot. We keep hearing how funny the Thor movie is and how kind of goofy it gets and everything. Yeah, I think there's a chance we'll see uh, Frog Thor in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I don't. It's kn- such a popular conceit that eventually they're going to do it, right? If not it's, for a split second, it's too much like James Gunn doing Howard the Duck and Cosmo. I don't know. Maybe Taika would do it. It's too much like that. <laughs> oh man it's just such a part of like the legacy like i i feel like everyone who's a thor fan knows that that moment it's yeah. like the favorite goofy thor moment that eventually has to be like reproduced right yeah i mean maybe it'd be fun if they if they do like one serious post-credit scene and then like one funny one that would be a good one for like a post-credit scene right yeah yeah uh, i can't lie i do want to see it 
in a realized in a movie. I think that'd be fantastic. I did hear um, Kevin Feige talking about characters like for future Thor movies that they haven't used and stuff like that. And he threw out Beta the Ray name, Bill. He did throw out the name Beta Ray Bill. So there's a possibility that maybe not in this movie, but there's the possibility that Marvel is seriously considering that character uh, for a future film. So, and then I think Feige was talking about he's he's saying like he believes that Taika Waititi will come back and do another another Marvel film. So from everything we've heard, he had like just a great time. He, he was one of the lucky ones that got to have a great experience. Oh, he did. I mean, he, um, you know, they got to film in Australia and like, I watched like the day that they wrapped filming Taika Waititi went live on Facebook and I happened to be like on a break or something like that and watched the live feed and they were just having a fucking blast, man, him and Hemsworth and like the rest of the cast and crew. And, um, uh, he looked like he was having a great time. So, yeah. So yeah, because I mean that transcends to film, you know. Yeah. If they're having that much of a, a great time, it'll it'll show on set. I know. So I'm excited. Like this podcast, we've had like it's a horrible episode, and it shows. Like we we're we're having a horrible time with one another, right? No, no. <laughs> I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. No, Thank stop it. Stop it. This is, this is like, like at the beginning, I'm like, hey, so uh, when did you start listening? Now I know the answer to when you're going to stop. So it's like this <laughs> This episode is the one that killed it for you, Stephanie. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, I got to talk to these assholes, and oh, I'm done. I'm out. And he called is, out is it gonna be... leg twice. Oh, I know. Is it going to be weird when you listen to this, Stephanie? Yes, and I'm deciding. I'm debating if I'm going to listen, to be honest, because I don't want to hear myself back. And do me a favor. If people, um, like, write in and say, yeah. like, she was terrible, you don't have to read that. Just keep that close to the vest. <laughs> she doesn't want to know. Oh, man. Oh, well, you know, you might you might find out when I read the next set of iTunes reviews. I mean, you never know. So, it, but it might, it, that girl? it might be like, oh, my gosh, can we get more of Stephanie? She was at, she was great. Get less, less Brian uh, off mic producer, please. And, and more Stephanie. So. If you get an email that's if you get an iTunes review that says less Cran Duke, more Stephanie, please let me know. All right, I will. I'll let you know. <laughs> Re- uh, oh man, <laughs> odds are it's going to be more Cran Duke. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Fair enough. This podcast is all about the Cran Duke. I don't want you to get your hopes up. Okay, all right. So uh, let's <laughs> Cran Duke. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, let's move on into DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right. I'm willing to bet that I I told you to watch this, Jake. I'm willing to bet you didn't. The Constantine, (laughs) I'm willing to bet you didn't watch it, right? Do you see something? I asked you to watch the Constantine cartoon trailer. That's going to drop on the CWC app sometime next year. <laughs> I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. Anyway, I watched it. It looks incredible. It looks really true to the uh, to the character. Um, there's cursing in it. Uh, the monsters look fantastic. It's 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 blood. It's guts. It's gore. Con- John Constantine's fucking smoking in it. I'm just like, okay, this is. 
this is what the TV show should have been. And it looks, it just looks fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to it. it I don't know when it comes out. It comes out sometime next year, but it's going to be, it's going to be available on the CW Seed app, which is basically kind of like a supplemental kind of app that they have. I, I guess you can watch like some CW shit on there. It's not like their main stuff. But they do have like what do they have like the Birds of Prey cartoon I think was on that one and some other cartoons some other animated things on there but it's coming out next year and it looks really good the trailer was fantastic I asked Jake to watch it and I was pretty sure that he wouldn't uh, and, yeah <laughs> animation looks really good on it when <laughs> you watch it now yeah, yeah there you <laughs> go yeah, better late than never right you know hey, yeah I, fi- I figured I would get yeah. through at least half of it while you're talking about it yeah. I like that um. I like that he's smoking. That shocked me immediately. Yeah, and he says shit. <laughs> I'm almost in this day and age, the smoking's more shocking than the cursing. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. You know, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't say Cran Duke. He says shit. No, no, he's not, a, not weird like us. Yeah. AMC confirms that Justice League tickets will go on sale late in October. So by the end of this month, they're going to go on sale. I don't have an official date, but later this month. Oh, wow. Get ready for the Internet to break. Are you excited for uh, Justice League, Stephanie? That is a no. That is a no. Okay, so that's a no. what is your history with these DC films? I haven't. I wouldn't Tupperware any of them so far. Really, really, okay. So where and that where, includes that unfortunately includes Wonder Woman. Oh, also. listen, listen to you. Listen, you you watched the wrong Wonder Woman movie. You need to watch Professor <laughs> Marsh. <laughs> That's gonna it'll change your mind. It'll change <laughs> it'll change your mind on Wonder Woman. You watched the wrong one. See, Larry. yeah. Um, so, oh man. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you're not a, not a big fan of the DCEU then. Not, not a, no, not at all. What, su- I, su- what Suicide Squad do for you? <laughs> uh, maybe you want to take a Grand Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like Suicide Squad at all. Oh God, yeah, Suicide Squad. It just gets the more I think about Suicide Squad, the, more, the worse it is. Yeah. What's the best DCEU movie to you, Stephanie? Ooh, Wonder Woman. Okay. What would you rate it? I would give it a. Taste it. Oh, then you know what? No, I give it a high taste. It. All right, that's not so bad. All I right. think part of I'm easily like influenced, and so I waited a long time to watch. I just watched it last week, and uh, because everybody talked about how much they loved it, and I knew that that would cause me to either love it or hate it. Yeah. Um. So I think part of the hype is probably what caused me not to love it because I didn't. It didn't move me the way it seemed to move other people. But it was fine. It was good. It was definitely the best out of all the the DC movies for sure for me. Yeah, absolutely. Wonder Woman 2 is being written currently with help from Jeff Johns. Screen Rant and Cinema Blend both reported it will be set in the 1980s during the Cold War, having Diana in covert action. Uh, Screen Rant had an article titled, Could Wonder Woman 2's Cold War setting be connected to Justice League? And here's a little bit of that article. The Justice League trailers appear to be mostly spoiler-free, avoiding a full – I think they're – I'm going to read this. I'm going to start off by saying I think they're reading way too fucking much into this. But let me read this. 
The Justice League trailers appear to be mostly spoiler-free, avoiding a full-on Superman reveal or third-act reveal anywhere as significant as Batman v Superman's marketing reveal of Doomsday. But we've still seen enough in trailers and marketing images to piece together a few set pieces, with one of the biggest reveals being the apparent confirmation that the heavily featured battle with the Red Skies slash mist may take place in the ruins of Chernobyl. Uh, we've seen several landmarks that match up with the former Soviet nuclear site. A promotional photo from Empire showed the iconic Ferris wheel on a monitor in the Batcave, and the most recent trailer explicitly showed parademons swarming out of a nuclear silo. Exactly what Steppenwolf wants at the site is unclear, but with some sort of growth covering much of the area, he may be utilizing the radiation for a particle purpose. Whether radiation is rejuvenating for apocalyptans, it has some connection to the mother boxes, or he just wanted to hide out in an abandoned nuclear site isn't readily apparent. But regardless, the choice of Chernobyl could be a major hat tip to the plot of Wonder Woman 2. In the same way that the first Wonder Woman provided a slightly alternate history to the end of World War One, uh, Wonder Woman 2 could be providing an alternate history of the Cold War, particularly the Chernobyl disaster. The fact that Chernobyl was both a nuclear disaster and behind the borders of Soviet Russia during the Cold War means there's some discussion around the true story of what happened as the existence of several popular Chernobyl conspiracy theories show. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. I kind of call bullshit on all that because it feels like they're kind of doing it ass backwards. Like, wouldn't the way to do that to be to set up the thing into Wonder Woman 2 first to have the payoff in Justice League? It's like if you're getting – if what they're saying is correct and you get the Chernobyl payoff in Justice League – then who gives a fuck about seeing any of that stuff happen in Wonder Woman 2? Well, I, I, you know, just like the first movie, I felt like it was kind of like a bottle movie. You didn't have to connect too much to, you know, anything in the DCEU. I think that's what Patty, Chin Patty Jenkins is going to want to do with this Wonder Woman sequel. Like, I don't think it's reliant or dependent upon what happens in Justice League or, or you know, uh, connecting that, you know, that, that connective tissue, you know. Yeah, everything Justice we've League. read lately has been saying that they're kind of trying to move away from that strategy. Yeah, exactly. Not get all goofy with it like this. Right, exactly. So, I, I, yeah, I just I think they're reading way too much into yeah. into this. I think that dis <clears throat> that disclaimer was right on point. Yeah. Hmm. Well. And it sounds like Stephanie's excited for more DCEU <laughs> action. Yeah. We, that was the quote of the episode right there. Mm. It'd be fucked up if Stephanie's just like you know, yeah. I haven't been. I haven't. I haven't been a fan of these DCEU films. The best one so far is Wonder Woman. But my God, I I can't wait to see that Aquaman. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we're going to talk about next. Oh, Jason yeah. Momoa talked with SFX <laughs> about the character of Aquaman going into Justice League and what we can expect of him in his solo film. Jason Momoa said, Aquaman, he's not even really Aquaman yet. He's not the king of the seven seas. We don't really get there until my solo movie at the end. Really, it's a huge growth for me. It's a gigantic arc for Arthur Curry. It may be tough for a lot of fans to watch what they're going to see, how I portray him. 
but you gotta wait. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta wait until we get to the solo movie to really know because he's not king yet. So yeah. King douche. Yeah. Oh, man. The Aquaman movie. I, I don't know. I'm st- I am starting to get excited for this whole Justice League thing. Like it looks like a pretty awesome train wreck. And so I'm I'm getting pretty hyped. I, I have more hope for the the Justice League being a better movie than, than Aquaman. I I don't know, man. It's just I don't God dang it, man. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Wonder Woman and Flash. That's what's that's what I want to see is Wonder Woman Flash and like uh and you know Jim Gordon. I, I'm not excited about Affleck. I'm not. I want to laugh at Aquaman. Yes, yes. They should make Aquaman kind of like a comedy where they like have to put him through like etiquette school. And it's like <laughs> the super macho Aquaman right. in all these crazy situations that he's not used to. Him at like a like a tea party, and he like yeah, trying to figure out which fork to use. Yeah. And he, you know, he picks up the little teacup and he breaks it, you know. <laughs> yes. And he's sitting there holding his fucking trident, you know. Yeah, grumbling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Aquaman movie. Oh god. Oof. Oh man, there's gonna be like when that movie if it bombs, there's gonna be so many like puns that they use for like headlines. Aquaman sinks, or you know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Aquaman drowns at the box drowns, office. Yeah. yeah. In shallow water. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Man. It's good. That's going to be interesting. Aquaman comes out before Flash, too, right? Yeah. Yes. They, 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 uh, they, they filmed most of it. I think, uh, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe finished his, uh, his, his, filming and then patrick wilson recently finished his filming and they've almost wrapped filming i think on it if not have wrapped filming on aquaman like uh they don't even have a director yet for flash jake so oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah i just feel bad for flash because he's gonna have to be like downwind of this part yeah Mm. So, oof. I mean, they've they've made they've made more moves with this Joker origin story than they have with the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> oh man, uh, we're not talking about that, are we? No, no. I don't have any. Oh. I don't have any news for that Joker origin movie. <laughs> I pray every week there's no news for that. Oh God. <laughs> hmm. All right, let's. Uh, uh, let's jump into Star Wars news. Hey, guys! What's Amisa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! All right, guys. You know, some of our listeners... We might talk about the Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer number two. And we, we, little, you know, we don't want to spoil anything for you, so you might want to bounce out now. Cause you, I don't want to go in, I don't want to know anything about that second trailer. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I know. Right? What podcast have you been listening to for the last two years then? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, you, you see all the different people. Stephanie, are you one of these people? I'm not. Okay, thank God, cause you, 
because you were gonna have to, you're gonna have to leave you know <laughs> no um yeah yeah luke's got a robotic hand and you got a robotic leg i mean there's <laughs> a lot of <laughs> anyway um yeah we got a uh, star wars email from tasu she says hey leftovers i just wanted to pose a question to you all uh is finn force sensitive he wielded a lightsaber fairly well in the first movie, and I was hoping he might also be a potential Jedi slog with Rey, but in the trailer we see him using the weapon that uh, TR-8R used against him in the first movie. Do you think Finn is done with lightsabers for good? Keep up the great work, uh, to Keep, next time, say keep up the good work to Suge since we're only a four-star podcast in your eyes, sir. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, I think he's done with lightsabers, and I don't think he's Force-sensitive. I agree. And to add to that, I don't want him to be. I don't either. No. No. So, yeah. I, I would like – we don't need everyone to be a fucking Jedi. Right? Be Force-sensitive. You, yeah. you don't want to overdo it. Exactly. It's, the whole point of this, like – world is there's not much of that going around these days yeah stephanie you a big fan of star wars is it not your thing it's not really my thing really? I see, i've seen one star wars movie i saw the force awakens that's the one movie i've seen you haven't seen any other <laughs> nothing else now holy shit did you like the force awakens i i thoroughly enjoyed it not having much of the story to go on but i really it was a good movie on its own if you ask me yeah she didn't yeah. have any laundry to do that day so she really got to sit down and enjoy it i think the force awakens is brilliant in that way and that it really does work as someone's first star wars movie very very well it wasn't good enough for you to go like what to to seek out the other films though right don't actually i think it was there's just so many other movies um, and everybody was telling me, like, don't watch the second set, watch the first set, but don't watch the ones that came out in, like, the early 2000s. And so I was just like, this is just a lot of direction, and I just didn't do it. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> that's amazing. No, I, no, yeah, they, no, they make it sound like it's fucking homework. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That never works. And you're just like, fuck that, I'm out. I like that. That's That makes total sense to me. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so. Would you recommend just watching the ones like the, from the seventies and the eighties and leaving out the, the those the middle ones? Ah, uh, Jake. No, would, I'd watch it all. Yeah, Jake would tell you to watch it all. He loves the prequels. Yeah, I think you still need him for the some of the plot devices that may still be yet to come. So. But the Cork of the Makers was I would Tupperware it. It's good. It was good. Yeah, it was, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, Shai Nechi sends us a Star Wars email. And he goes, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. So doing his best Aquaman impersonation there. Uh, <laughs> he goes, the last Jedi trailer full of misdirection, but I don't gives a fuck. It's going to be fucking danker than a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I, he knows dank. I came across an awesome comment on Reddit which stated this. Kylo is such a good character reveres Anakin but completely misunderstands his motivations, thinking Vader's strength came from his embracing the darkness for power's sake. So Kylo tries to do the same against his good nature, believing that Anakin chose the dark side for the same reason, when in reality he did it to save the person he loved and out of desperation. 
where they take Kylo in eight could make his arc really, really strong writing. Uh, what do you guys think? Did the trailer give too much away? Do you even care? I know you guys love the spoilers for Star Wars, and if you had asked me two years ago, coincidentally, the time I found you guys, I would have disagreed. But now I want all the spoilers. Also, uh, what do you guys think about Ryan Johnson initially saying, don't watch the trailer if you don't want spoilers, then says, go ahead and watch it. I totally get it. The editors are ruining everything he's built, but he also can't publicly say, fuck this trailer. Uh, I am so fucking amped for this now. Bought my tickets already as well. P.S. Fuck, I've wasted two years of my life with you guys. Just kidding. Love you. So let's start <laughs> off. Uh, yeah, kind regards, Cheyenne Etchie. So let's go ahead and start off with um, what do you guys think? Did the trailers give too much away? Do you even care? Um, I mean, I, I think I cared the most about the, the Kylo stuff and what his arc. I think his arc is the one I'm the most excited for. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm super intrigued by it. I don't think, as of yet, the trailers have given too much away. I, I really don't know which way this is going to fall. No, I think if, if like if you watch the trailer and you just watch it at face value, it, you, you're going to feel like it gives too much away. I think it's all misdirection. So yeah, did you watch the trailer for this one, Stephanie? No, I did not. Okay, all right. Um. And then he also says, what do you guys think about Ryan Johnson initially saying don't watch the trailer? And if if you don't want spoilers, then then he says, go ahead and watch it. Um, this this uh, The original tweet was asked by a fan. Like this whole thing, ha- a fan asked if the trailer spoiled anything and asked Ryan Johnson, you know, if he should not watch it. And... All Ryan said was that if you want to go in clean, don't watch it. And they clickbaited him to death then. And he, and Ryan's kind of yeah. right. He's saying like, if you want to go in clean, don't watch it. And then what was it? Entertainment Weekly said something like, then they, then they had a tweet saying, Ryan Johnson says, don't watch Star Wars, the last Jedi trailer if you don't want to be spoiled. And then Ryan Johnson immediately tweets them back and says, that's not what I said. <laughs> I did not say that. I did not say anything about it. you're going to get spoiled. He just said, if you want to go in clean, just don't watch it. That's all, you know. So I think people kind of misconstrued what really happened there with the whole Ryan Johnson thing. I, I yeah. totally understand what he's saying. He's like, if you do, if you want to go in clean and not know anything, then don't watch it, you know. But I, I don't feel like it was spoiled at all. And, like, I think, like – I, we'll talk about it later about the trailer, but like Ryan Johnson had a lot of input on what goes into the trailer and what doesn't. We'll talk about that here a little bit later. But um, Jordan Mason from Cinelinks is claiming that the official title of the Han Solo film will be revealed soon and also tweeted this recently. Heard that some Han Solo marketing stuff is done and a trailer cut is floating around. No idea when we'll see it, but one exists so yeah hmm. i mean that thing comes out in may i gotta imagine we're gonna see it as well by by the time episode eight comes out mm-hmm. uh stephanie uh yeah I, star wars this this segment this like this whole news segment is like not your thing right yeah, but I'm I'm enjoying your reporting on all the news. Oh, just, that's, a little, that's a little ass kissy, but well, it's, I mean, it's, it's not my thing. But you're doing a great job. <laughs> it's, 
don't let your pat me on the fucking head right right oh, now. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah, she just like fed us a carrot, basically. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm that. I feel like I'm that little fucking asshole kid on the diving board, and, and I'm I, I I did like the world's like you know b- lamest belly flop, and you're just like, oh, that that good job. You're doing a good job. Good job. Keep it up. <laughs> Mommy's got laundry to do. <laughs> Mm. you can just hang out you just hang out interject whenever you want to um let's see here uh yeah so hansel yeah there's got to be a trailer coming out soon man when is that gonna hit when are we gonna get that are we gonna get that with the fucking last jedi every trailer for every movie you're excited for is gonna premiere before last jedi all right cool uh (laughs) it's gonna be be good stuff there's a uh new star wars tv spot for the last jedi and 90% 90% of it is just recycled footage that we've seen from other trailers, but there is some new dialogue, new Luke Skywalker dialogue. The spot begins with Luke asking Ray, why are you here? And then he says, who are these guys? <laughs> it's a callback from the iTunes review What the beginning. Okay, anyway. No, he goes, why are you here when he's talking to Ray? So that's, that's – Hey, can you, can you give me one moment? Uh, y- yes. All right, yeah, so, yeah, some new, new Luke dialogue there. Why are you here? Very cool. Very cool shit. Excited about that. Can't wait to... What do you What do you think she'll say? To be in a polyamorous relationship? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need a third boyfriend. And that's when Chewbacca starts to roar. <laughs> <laughs> and he's... And I don't know, whatever. Uh, uh, Yahoo Entertainment spoke with Star Wars The Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson. And I want to go ahead and read some of the interesting takeaways from the article. Um, all the characters surrounding Rey have their own demons to confront in The Last, ep- uh, in the Last Jedi. Um, Finn goes head-to-head with Captain Phasma, literally confronting his First Order past. Poe must fight a perilous space battle. And Kylo seems like he's fighting through some inner conflict, probably related to how he killed his dad in The Force Awakens. How those pretzels treating you over there, Stephanie? (laughs) Can you hear that? Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) It was my, I was gonna say something as soon as we, Brian paused for a moment. Oh my god, I'm so. (laughs) No, 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 hold on. Are they rolled gold? Yes. Oh, I, it, that sounded like a rolled gold crunch. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, Brian, know, but Brian knows the difference between Snyder's and rolled gold oh. by just the sound. All fucking day. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't give me the pretzel challenge. I'll win every time. Um, so okay. de- definitely not soft pretzels. Um. <laughs> remember, remember Mr. Salty? That doesn't exist anymore. Mr. Salty? Mr. Salty Pretzels, they had like a little mascot and everything. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, Mr. Salty. Yeah. Where are we? Um, later in the article, it talked about, uh, as as for any further details about the film's characters or story, Johnson is careful to give nothing away. In response to a question about the mysterious object in a tree that's been rumored to be the Journal of the Wills, he jokingly admonishes, don't believe the internet. What do you, uh, don't believe the internet, Gwen. What are you doing? When asked which sequences were shot with an IMAX camera, he answers, I can't tell you specific scenes because that would be describing the scenes by telling. And that would be telling. Uh, 
but the director doesn't mind keeping Lucasfilm's code of secrecy for The Last Jedi because he actually helped come up with it. A year ago, maybe even more than that, my producer, Ram Bergman, and I sat down with the folks at Lucasfilm and said, okay, this is what we're going to reveal here and there, and this stuff we're never going to reveal until the movie comes out. We came up with a no-fly list of uh, under no circumstances is this shown or that shown, says Johnson. It is a fascinating process. It's something that for me, just having been a fan my whole life, suddenly being behind the curtain and seeing how it works and seeing how deliberate it is has been really fascinating. I I love this. I, I think that this is... Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know how much involvement he had in, like, the actual trailer itself, but as far as, like, what is shown in the trailers, they listen to his input. It sounds like the producer, Ryan Johnson, probably even Kathleen Kennedy herself have sat down and talked about, like, what actually gets revealed in these trailers, and I just love the process here. I love this no-fly list. Yeah, I like it a lot too. I honestly, I think that's something Star Wars has always done really well is cutting their trailers in a way where they're just showing you, you know, getting you hyped for it, but not necessarily yeah. giving you all the plot beats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I just love that, um, Ryan Johnson kind of like let us in on this too, you know, that they, that they do this. And I think that that's, that's really cool. You know, and I always kind of thought like, you know, it's the, the Star Wars story group that comes up with like the, the bullet points for the films and shit like that. And like Ryan Johnson came out and it's like, no, that's not it. The story, <laughs> story, you know, I came up with this story. I came up with this story and, uh, the story group is just there to make sure that there's no continuity issues that we're, you know, not, um, you know, fucking up the Star Wars mythology at all. But other than that, yeah, exactly. he was given free reign with the story. You know, it's not like Star Wars story group said, okay, this is going to be Snoke's background. Star Wars episode eight has to incorporate these things. I always thought, I always kind of thought it was that way though, Jake. I, I, I didn't know that they would just let Ryan Johnson just kind of like wing it. Now, if Ryan Johnson says, okay, I'm going to, you know, Mace Windu's going to show up in this scene. They're going to be, whoa, 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 he fucking died, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, you can't I, I understand completely what you're saying, Brian, because it does seem like it is that way when it comes to the uh, Star Wars story movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like yeah. Gareth Edwards and, you know, oh, I'm brain dead and on the uh, Han Solo guys. Um, Lord, Lord and, and Chris Miller, Lord, yeah. you know, yeah. had the same experience that Ryan Johnson had. And I think it's because moving forward is a whole different, like, they need the creative smart writer types to move this thing forward. Right. But once, once they have the universe, they want complete control of what goes on within it. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can see Pablo Hidalgo and the story group being way more involved in like rogue one, because like that's you're, you're set, you're set in between some, it's it, you're set in between two specific times. And like what you're saying is like the last Jedi is like, it's it's in the future. Like this is stuff that we haven't tackled yet. Yeah, and and Kathleen and you know all these guys you know as, that are doing the like editor in chief yeah. jobs of basically keeping the story straight. Yeah, aren't the same guys that are the creative writer types, and yeah. they need to be nice to and respect the, 
the creative writer types because they need them to yeah. propel this thing forward. I think Rebels has Rebels is kind of like in an interesting place too, where like they they're kind of bound by the story group in a way because like they do introduce like you know some of like the you know legacy characters like you know Leia and and things like that. But like then on the other hand, like we're getting new characters like Bendu, you know, where they're yeah, Rebels is a weird beast. It also seems it? like that's kind of the place where they. Um, bring stuff back into canon that they've kind of pooped out of canon, you know, with like Thrawn and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I know there's more examples than that. Darth Maul. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, even like the, what was it like? And they even use like, um, the gray Jedi. Well, concept art that wasn't used for the force awakens. Like one of the, like the inquisitors, um, I forget what they even called them. Uh, the, uh, Oh, I forget what they called them too. Yeah, but one of them was like an old uh, concept drawing of like what Kylo Ren would have looked like. You know? Oh yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. Hey, do you remember? Yeah. You remember like, like we were talking about um, Ryan Johnson talking about like the no fly list. Do you remember like we had a no fly list on our show when we first created it? And <laughs> one of a one of the things was like nobody under no circumstances will eat pretzels on this show. <laughs> it's finally the last rule to be broken. I know exactly. Every other one has like been broken, and that was the only one that stayed intact, like unbroken. <laughs> and then the, Stephanie, the, Stephanie's like, "Fuck that pretzel time." <laughs> Stephanie's mouthful of sadness response to, to, to you saying that was one of my favorite things in this episode. Just there, <laughs> what'd you say? You said that she went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she had to swallow. She had to swallow some pretzel first before she said it. But was it really loud? Like, oh, when you were crunching originally? Yeah, it was like. Yeah, it was. Cr- it was yeah. crazy. There was no. I like- had my hand over the mic part, and so I didn't think you'd be able to hear it. <laughs> you need to learn how to use a mute button. <laughs> <laughs> it's right you there don't on think Skype. I'm over here sneezing and coughing and making gross noises. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't feel bad. We had Jake farted on an episode once. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Frank belches on episodes. Yes, I mean, yes. It's... So don't feel bad. Don't feel. You, 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 you were eating a snack. I mean, come you, on. You can't out professional us. So stop trying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the interview here with, uh, um, Ryan Johnson, I love his humor at the end of this interview. I'm going to read it. I don't give a shit. He goes, uh, it goes, for now, Johnson is still in Star Wars withdraw. Quote, I'm just randomly wandering around the Walt Disney Studios making pew pew sounds, <laughs> Try, <laughs> trying to direct people and nobody listens to me anymore. I'm turning into a forced ghost. It's a strange feeling. So oh, that is funny. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Chris Miller, um, one of the former Han Solo directors tweeted to Ryan Johnson and he, he tweeted at Ryan Johnson, good trailer. Ryan said, thanks, Chris. Also, I am a full week behind on crosswords. I feel that I need to be honest with you about that. Um, I just think that it's cool that even though Chris Miller was, you know, Chris Miller, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were kind of like, you know, asked to leave the project of Han Solo that he can still try to stay on good terms with other directors that are still working with Lucasfilm. So I think that's. Yeah. 
I'd also hate for something like this to make a Star Wars fan not a Star Wars fan. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that makes me feel good, too, to know that Miller and Lord can still look at a Star Wars trailer and be excited for it after the experience they had. I think, yeah, I think it shows, I think it shows good character on Chris Miller's part. It really does. That's a lot, a lot of class. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm, I, Lord, I think, on the other hand, he's taking like Cran Dukes in the fucking <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's office still. <laughs> oh man, he was, he's just, he, he was, he read that, he read that tweet and he was just sitting back eating pretzels being like, oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck Ryan Johnson and fuck Star Wars. Anyway, <laughs> Andy Serkis spoke with IGN about Supreme Leader Snoke. Uh, Andy Serkis is uh, playing Snoke, and he confirmed that Snoke is Ezra. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Oh, man. I hate that. No, That's worse than Jason Momoa. <laughs> yeah, I hate that shit. Anyway, here's what, uh, here's what I read from IGN. Circus was far more tight-lipped. However, when pressed about Snoke's relationship with Kylo Ren this time around and how Rey fits into Snoke's sinister plans, quote, oh man, that's so confidential. I can't possibly talk about it. I'm sorry. I would love to tell you. All I can say is you're on to something. Although Ryan Johnson previously said Snoke's backstory won't be detailed at length in The Last Jedi, Circus confirmed that he himself has the skinny on the character's past, quote, oh yeah, absolutely I know it. Mm. Is that one of those things like where he knows the details about Snoke's past, but it still won't play out in the films? Hmm. It's like just just the way to get him to, to act a character yeah. better, not necessarily something they needed for yeah. him to portray for when the reveal happened. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm not saying like that's the thing. I mean, it could be like episode nine. It's all you know. Here's the lowdown on Snoke. You know. Um, you know what? I was at a place about a year ago where I I never I I thought Snoke would just kind of always be mysterious. Yeah. But I, I've completely 180 in that attitude. I'm not 100 percent sure about what I want at this point. Yeah. But I, I do think that they're going to make strides in trying to uh, explain Snoke and who he is and where he came from at this point. Okay. Like I can't see. I yeah. really feel like that's coming down the pipeline. Where a year ago, I thought we'd possibly never get that. Well, yeah, and we've talked about it in the past. Like, oh, maybe they're going to reveal Snoke's backstory in like another novel. You know, like here's the here's the Snoke novel written by, you know, Chuck Wendig, you know? Yeah, I think that'll happen, too. But I, I think we're we're prepping up for the major reveal to happen in these uh, chapter movies. All right. We did the uh, we did the Star Wars, The Last Jedi trailer breakdown with Dan West last week. And you talked a little bit about how. um you thought that there's well, not you thought, but there's a rumor, and you and you and you're kind of like you can see how it can be taken that maybe Ray is related to the Emperor, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes. I, I kind of I'm not a hundred percent all in, but it, I'm not throwing that possibility out by any means. All right, I read a rumor here on the internet, and I can't remember where I read it. I was just clicking on shit. And the 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 theory that I read was f- pretty fucking intriguing, Jake. Um, that Ray is related to Qui Gon. Wow! Now, this, it, it gets kind of funny though. The 
it gets uh, it starts off like really interesting um and then it gets stupid i i can believe half of this it starts off that here we go well the assumption of qui-gon being a gray jedi can help sort out this problem and the timeline as well as the history is also right for this to happen obi-wan was unhappy basically it goes into like how you know she's the granddaughter of qui-gon jinn what I don't like about this is it also, it also, in this rumor that this person posed, I, they should have just stopped with like, you know, her being, uh, the granddaughter of Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, they also go into how, <laughs> they also go into how he, he slept, that Qui-Gon slept with Shmi. <laughs> are you, are you serious? Yes. I talk, I go on and on about this in our latest episode of the Leftover Army podcast really? about the Jedi Council. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk about whether or not Gwygon gave Shimmy a mercy fuck. <laughs> oh, God. And if there was any romantic relationships going on. This is crazy. I I, I thought maybe you were trolling me saying No, this. I haven't even listened to the episode, Jake. I know. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't think anyone's heard that yet. Why are we talking about this again? <laughs> okay, hold on. Now, let me read this. I'll just read this. This is like a, this is like a fan just like uh, writing this story. Hold on. Here we go. Obi-Wan was unhappy because his master not being a part of the Jedi Council and this exclusion was explained by the doubts about Qui-Gon being a gray Jedi. Gray Jedi is someone who is a force user who doesn't have absolute faith in it nor follows the Jedi teaching wholeheartedly. Um, let's see here. In fact, there are so many fans who believe that Luke has also now become a gray Jedi. Thus, if Qui-Gon Jinn happened to be a gray Jedi, that would mean he's not being restricted by the denial of love and physical attraction as instructed by the Jedi teachings. One of the Star Wars experts on Qui-Gon Jinn, Josh. (laughs) Josh, the Qui-Gon expert. (laughs) Explained how how the Jedi had fathered a child with Shmi Skywalker during their togetherness at the beginning of The Phantom Menace. Josh also explained that the child born to a slave would have been sold away as a property and that had happened before Shmi getting freed and marrying Lars. Shmi had only one more occasion when she came in contact with her son Anakin or any other Jedi during her last moments. Thus, she never got time to tell another unknown about another unknown child. So, yeah, Qui-Gon getting it on with Shmi. Having a little, That's... having a little baby, and it's so so she so Ray would be uh, fathered by Qui Gon and Shmi. So that would that would make her related to, to Luke, um, Leia, yeah, and Qui Gon. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Qui Gon really messed up the gene pool there. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Jeez, because the way I read it in the Phantom Menace was that I, I didn't really think I thought. <coughs> Qui-Gon was, was just all about the facts. Yeah. As far as he sensed all the power in Anakin, he's all about the facts. But they're stuck there, and they have to live with Shimmy for what seems to be at least a couple weeks while they prepare this ship and do this race and everything. Yeah. And I really thought possibly Shimmy talked him into giving her the mercy fuck, and that, you know, 
he him being a gray Jedi and not forbidden by those rules was like fuck it let's do I it. I don't I don't know I, I, I see I think we're on uh, I think we're on different pages here. I think you know like uh, I don't think Shmi was like begging him. I think he I think he saw oh this kid this kid could be the chosen one. I think he she and he came out of that. So I'm gonna maybe I can you know hit that and i can gain some of that power too no i, I like a, in my fan fiction i like shimmy as the aggressor really and i yeah i do i do she at this point she like she had to go through an entire pregnancy that just happened out of nowhere without mm-hmm. any of the fun part so you know she, i think shimmy's asking qui-gon yeah i don't know i don't know i think i think qui-gon <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, maybe it was just it was just mutual, you know. I don't know. May, uh, Qui-Gon seems like he would be in a polyamorous I, relationship, right? He'd be I, I think Qui-Gon's a, a stand-up guy, and I don't think Shimmy ever thought it was anything but mutual. But I, I think at the end of the day, Qui-Gon was just being a good guest. So, you, you know, <laughs> hey, thanks for letting me stay here. Um, here's, here's, here's my penis. Yeah, I mean they got they've got fucking Jar Jar in their house farting all over the place. It's the least he can do, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he knocks her up on the first one. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't yeah. think he's knocking her up. No, I, they're, not, they're not doing that. They're not doing. They're not. We're not. We're not going to find out in one of these films that Shmi gave birth to to Qui Gon's baby, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That ain't happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely buying in the emperor stuff a bit more. How them pretzels treating you there, Stephanie? They're good. I have. I tried to put myself on mute and I ate one. Did you hear it? No, 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 no. You were good there. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I'm glad, I'm glad you're spending your time wisely there, learning how to use the mute buttons. <laughs> uh, let's see here. You know, I'm gonna knock out. I'm gonna knock out. Uh, we're gonna knock out some emails and then, and then bounce out of here. Right. Sounds good. That's, that's, uh, yeah, feel free to get in on this shit, Stephanie. Some e- some of this email shit. Here we go. Uh, Jeffrey Adamek. Uh, it's titled. I guess it's, it's titled "Holy Shit." Is the e- email title? Uh, I'm sitting at <laughs> sitting at work, listening on headphones to the podcast. Headphones because dick jokes and Brian's dressing down of everyone don't seem to go over with the other employees in a corporate environment. Bunch of pussies I work with. I hope sounds he, like it. Hope he, I hope he, hope he's using those Studio Sweden headphones. Um, we are not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually getting sound out of both sides. Um, I am catching up on episodes 201 and 202 because I was out of town and I fell behind. I was pleased my five-star iTunes review made it onto the show. And no, Brian, that was not read before. I just sent it right before episode 200. Anyway, I am minding my own business because I find that to be best at work, since I can be known to randomly call people assholes or douchebags as a result of 18 years in special operations in the U.S. Army, the cup of Christ joke and meltdown starts in my headphones just as I am taking a drink and I spray my workstation with a burst of the drink as I start to hysterically laugh like a mental patient 
and it was loud. And as I continue for the same length as you all did on the show, I fail to notice the look of fear in my coworkers' eyes as they wonder if I had finally lost it and was about to start to have breaking news, a breaking news moment at the workplace. I would have likely drawn a revocation of my ability to listen to podcasts at work if I wasn't already kind of left to do what I want. Great moment, and thanks for that. <laughs> oh, man. It's always funny what goofy stuff we don't plan ends up really sticking with the collective. Yeah, yeah. The whole yeah. cup of Christ thing. Oh, the, <laughs> that, that email pulled me in. It was very descriptive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really... <laughs> 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 Let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, I don't know. What do, uh, you want to? Oh, fuck. When, when, when I ask for fuck Mary kills, I don't. You don't need to send seventeen of them, guys. <laughs> All by the same person? You know, it's I got one guy throwing out like fucking uh, seven of them. Some of them are like, hey, hey, hey. Ah, Jesus. I got one. Give me the weirdest one. Somebody else throwing out three of them. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin Paris. Let me pick one for. He's got one for you, Jake. Uh, fuck it. Mary Kill. Funko Pops. Buttons or pins. Oh Christ! Oh, that's a real Sophie's choice. <laughs> I, I guess I'm. Uh, I guess I'm going to marry the Funko Pops. Oh man. Uh, I'll fuck the buttons and toss the pins. Okay. Kill the pins. Kill the pins. I don't, yeah, kill that. Fucking the pins would probably hurt. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see here. So, I guess I probably should have, I should have stuck with character type and fucked the Funko Pops, though. Justin asked me, Justin, Justin, how long, uh, Justin, how long you, have you been listening in a while? Because he, he 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 gave fuck Mary kills to like two people that haven't been on the show in like a fucking year, so <laughs> weird. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll forward those emails. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll send them. I'll send them there, and they can re- respond. Uh, fuck Mary kill for me. Uh, Tatiana Maslani from uh, Orphan Black, Anson Mount, and Kevin Smith. So hmm. let's see here. I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh shit! I'm not gonna marry Kevin Smith. He talks so fucking much that would just be like <laughs> marrying an actual I was, woman. Um, I was thinking, can you marry Anson Mount as Black Bolt and never hear him talk? I w- I kind of want to fuck Anson Mount because his last name <laughs> is Mount. Oh yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I just want to mount him, right? Um, I dig. No, I'm gonna I'm fucking Tatiana Maslany. Uh I will kill Kevin Smith. No shit. Oh man, that's what I was hoping you'd do. Well, I like Kevin Smith. I don't I don't get you a- like you like all three of these people though. You're yeah, I know. To, you have to kill someone you like here. Yeah. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. This is weird. Um well, <laughs> It's, it's like, I'm so torn. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give Stephanie one. I'm gonna give Stephanie one. Fuck Mary Kill. Star Wars, pretzels and laundry. 
Go. <laughs> <laughs> She's obviously Kill. fucking the pretzels. <laughs> Kill Star Wars. Yeah. Marry the laundry and fuck the pretzels. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> God, you're going to marry yourself to laundry? That sounds like torture. Because laundry, if you lay in like warm laundry, it's comfortable. It can give you something. You know? Okay. Uh, the actual laundry, not the act of doing it, then, is what you're uh, marrying. Yes. All right. I'm with that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't say linen. <laughs> that, that's a good point too. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll let I'll let it slide. Yeah, judges. Yeah, we'll let it go. Yeah, she really she, she really contorted the uh, the words there to her favor. That was good stuff. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'll, I'll fuck Tatiana Maslany. I'm gonna kill Anson Mount because oh. he's pretty much killed his career by doing this fucking Indian <laughs> shit anyway. He's already dead, right? Exactly. I might as well help him along. I'm actually doing him a service. I'm going full Kevorkian here. And uh, behind the barn, right. too. I'll marry Kevin Smith. Me and him will just we'll just talk. We'll just say, we'll just chat all the time. I won't get a word in edgewise with that son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, Justin says, "P.S. Be harder on Frank Brian. You do rock and you are amazing. We appreciate all you do. Love your passion. But Jake is just so damn likable. Frank is great too." Uh, great to have you back. Missed you. Love Jay and his laugh. Miss him too. Take care, guys. Have a great one. Justin Paris from North Carolina. Thank you. Uh, Robert Lai gave us three fuck Mary kills. I'm going to read one. They're ridiculous. <laughs> three. You know, yeah, you're just monopolizing Robert. Uh, so it's a fuck, fuck Mary kills. I got an X-Men one. I got an Avengers one and I got a DC one. I'm going to let, uh, Stephanie, I'm going to let you pick. Um, X Men. X Men. All right, here we go. Fuck Mary Kill, Storm, Mystique, Jean Grey. Hmm. Man, I know, I know. I'm. I think you got to fuck Mystique, right? Because it's like it, it can be different every night, right? I don't know. I'm having. I'm. I'm really struggling with this one, Jake. Because like, Storm, it works for guys and girls. Yeah, I know. It, it like you know, she could fuck you over, right? I mean, she could turn into anybody. Like when you climax, right? She could turn into your fucking like like. Oh, here's my uh, eighth grade German teacher, and she was disgusting. It's like, oh my god, I'm looking at Mrs. Lonert in the face. You know, <laughs> that's 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 the woman that I would think of. Whenever I like, when I was in eighth grade and I'd get a hard on in class, that's the woman that I would think of to kill it. Okay, that's funny. So, like, if Mystique's pulling that one on me, that's not cool. So, I'm think maybe Storm. Like, if she, when she climaxes, it could start like thunder and lightning. She could put on a real production in the bedroom. <laughs> I, you know I, I don't know about thunder and lightning right next to my exposed self. I. <laughs> I think she's got it under control. I just think it would be kind of an amazing kind of like thing. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, look what I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking Thor. You took my hammer and here's the thunder. Bring the lightning, you know? Yeah. Kind of neat. Who's the third person? Jean Grey. Mm. Yeah, you don't marry her because she always knows what you're thinking. Right, yeah. Oh, God. I, I killed Jean Grey. Yeah, dead. I mean, yeah. They kill her every other year anyway. Right, exactly. She's used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so not, not even a big deal more of the same gene here you go you're dead <laughs> so yeah i think that's where i'm at with it yeah what do you what are you where are you going stephanie what are you doing 
I'm killing Jean Grey. Yes. I'm marrying Storm, and I'm fucking Mystique. Oh, okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah, same for same for me. All right. Yeah, I'm fucking Storm. I'll marry Mystique and Jean Grey's dad. Yeah, I want I want that I want that I want all I want the whole I want the Weather Channel going on while we're doing it. <laughs> you know, it'll be like that cool movie coming out where all the weather's happening at once. Geostorm. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna hit her G spot storm. <sighs> Joey White Wolf. Joey White Wolf sends us an email here. Oh, when people Jake, when people write emails, why can't they just write them the way that they would talk to a person? Why? Why? It's like, do they say the? I'm going to read this because it's just. I'm going to read this the way he wrote it. If this is the one that I'm yeah. remembering, it's so weird. It's like I can't imagine somebody saying these words out loud. All right, I'm excited. Hey, I'm curious. Hey, Brian, it's been a while, but my fiance, whom calls you guys the dickholes because of what you guys. When Jay was on, saying it was constant, does it, saying it was constantly wanted me to ask you a question. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this, Joe, Joey, Joey, Joey. We need to, we need to send this guy a few uh, Curious George books or something. Like if you, yeah, dude, if you called me on the phone and you said that, I'd be like, whoa, well, hold on, hold on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck? All right, let's let's start over. All right, take a deep breath, Joey. All right, remember Joey White Wolf? He was the guy with the with the, the White Wolf T-shirt <laughs> that we talked about. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yes, I was already laughing when you said his name, Joey. I don't I don't I don't even know what you're saying here, dude. Are you are, are you drunk? What's going on? Are you having a rough day? I just I want people like it, when you write in. I want you to write in like you're saying like you're talking out loud to someone. I don't I don't know what happens from, you know, like the the thought in your head, the sentence in your head to like typing it on the tablet or whatever. I don't know right what now happens. Joey's somewhere saying, "Me do talk that." <laughs> <Brian>. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> he goes, "Hey Brian, it's been a while, but my fiance whom calls you guys the dickholes because of what you guys when Jay was on <laughs> saying it constantly wanted me to ask you a question. All right, I, I got I got tons of questions for you now, Joey. Like I know, me too, <laughs> you know. me too. anyway, before that, I'd like to respond to when you read my email, which was awesome. Not this one, pal. Uh, <laughs> White Wolf equals John Snow. And by saying mostly unbiased, if you this you, <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? Hold on, hold on. I, I, it's going to be hard to get through this. White Wolf equals Jon Snow. And by saying mostly unbiased, if you this you or Jake can be completely unbiased, you've been drink with Frank too much. Anyway. She asked me if you guys are Marvel or DC because of a post on Twitter. I said Brian would scream at you saying we are not Marvel fuckboys. However, even being unbiased, everyone has a preference, which is yours and Jake's. Keep doing amazing work. Your wolf t-shirt wearing listener, Joey. Uh, I only, uh, I only- Joey once again proving that it's easier to listen to podcasts than it is to read and write. 
Killed the world there. I know. I just. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. I I don't know what to say about that. What about Joey's letter? Yeah, Joey, you broke me. I my, my I can't even think right now. I I still don't even know what the question is. Oh, it's which we prefer. And we say we're unbiased, but which do we prefer, Marvel or DC? Yeah, I prefer Marvel right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they made like fourteen movies, and over half of them are pretty decent. In the, I'll, I'll be honest with you, in the in the the film universe, I prefer Marvel. But as far as comic books go, right now, I'm not reading anything Marvel. I'm getting a couple DC books, but I'm getting nothing Marvel. So I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what you say? <laughs> <laughs> Joey, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think about what you're writing, dude. Like, <laughs> go back and reread it, you know, proofread it. Um, have your, have, you know, have your fiance read it. Maybe have her, maybe she's better at this. Like, have her look, give her a look over on it, you know, and then, and then yeah. send it. Cause, uh, yeah, man, it was like, it was like I was reading a fucking letter from Tonto or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> it was oh like, Fucking like fr- so say we all. <laughs> like, like I don't know. I, I don't even know if Joey White Wolf is still with us. Like Frankenstein might have beat you to death and then sent this email himself. I have no idea what the fuck I just read. Anyway, um, finally, I'm gonna read one last email from Leah Marty. She uh, it's titled "Still Thinking About It," and she's talking about the movie It. She says, hey, guys, this is my first time emailing, so I want to start by saying I love everything about this podcast. Um, I've been listening for a while now, and the podcast always brightens my day. Okay, now I know I'm super late with talking about it, so sorry for that. Don't apologize. I'm super late for reading your email. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, But I have not been able to stop thinking about this movie. You should know I was super hesitant to see the film. Hey, Stephanie, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, you okay. know what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like it's, it's felt like there's a 50% chance of anything I bring up. Maybe you haven't seen it, you know? I I have seen it. You kind of set that precedent when I'd ask you if you'd seen <laughs> stuff and you'd say yeah. no. <laughs> Especially when those things were Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she goes on to say because uh, – she goes, I was super hesitant to see this film because I love the idea of horror movies but I absolutely hate being scared. That's kind of a predicament, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a real catch twenty two. Why can't we just have a non scary horror movie? Like, who's let's do that? I I think I think they're doing that it's right called now. New Mutants. That's what I was. God damn you, Jake! I was setting that up. You son of a bitch. Anyway, god damn it! I got to be quicker on the draw. That's where I was going. God damn you! So I didn't see it until the second weekend. After it had already gotten some really great reviews. After I had some time to think about it, I can say that I absolutely Tupperware this film. I loved it, even though it scared the shit out of me. 
I can see why people wouldn't be scared though, because the jump scares were super predictable, which was nice for me because I always knew when to cover my eyes with my popcorn. Uh, <laughs> what I've been thinking about is how the whole movie sort of works as a kind of anti-horror movie. Hear me out. The first scene with Pennywise, absolutely horrifying. Worst scene in the film, in my opinion. As the movie goes on, we see Pennywise more and more. He gets more screen time and more interactions with the different characters. Because of this, viewers start to get used to him. We realize that he doesn't have any new tricks. He physically moves the same way and talks the same way, which I know could be the actor not having any range and basically does the same shit the whole movie. So by the time that you're at the end and you've realized alongside the Losers Club that, oh, maybe this clown isn't so scary, which I think is why I was able to actually watch the last boss battle without cowering in fear. I had seen Pennywise so much before then that he didn't scare me anymore, just like he didn't scare the Losers Club. This is very interactive for her. This, this movie, yeah, wow. she's like taking the journey, the same journey that these characters are having, Jake. She's on that same fucking journey. Uh, P.S. Yeah. My bro- And she liked it for that reason. See, I, I that's the it reason. It's bizarre. I, I heard a lot of negatives there. Yeah. Well, for her, it worked out well. She didn't want to be scared, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. what she yeah. got. Like she she overcame her fear. Through, uh, of the character through this film because they, they fucking saturated so much with bullshit Pennywise. <laughs> Sorry. I, <know. laughs> I wonder if any of the other manifestations that Pennywise took on scared her. She says the first scene scared her. That's it, really. Yeah, yeah. She goes, P.S. My brother said that this is the only movie where beating the monster with the power of friendship and bravery, bravery has actually worked. Since I haven't seen many horror movies, I can't confirm or deny that. But I definitely see where he's coming from. Anyways, I was just wondering if you guys saw anything like that throughout the film. Sorry for the really late email on the movie and the rambling. Thanks again for such a great podcast, Leah. So, yeah, um, I totally get what she's saying. This is kind of the reason it didn't work for me. I wanted to be scared throughout the entire fucking film. Whoa, what happened there? Sorry, I accidentally hit my cord. Oh, it wasn't me. Yeah, finally. All right. <laughs> Jesus. We got Jake hitting cords. We got Mr. Salty over there eating pretzels. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree that it wasn't the scariest of movies, but I, I loved this movie. Like, I, I didn't care that it wasn't scary to me. I kind of never expected it to be scary to me. They, It just, I don't know. It really felt like one of the better capturing the essence of kind of the Stephen King feel to me. I liked it a lot. The kids were just so good. Yeah. I, I had to, I had to dock it a little bit because I, it wasn't scary to me. So, I mean, when I go into a horror movie about a creepy clown, I want to be scared. So, and you know, it was, it wasn't scary. Yeah. I just assume that's just me and my jadedness. I mean, cause gosh, Michelle was next to me the whole time freaking out you know she said it was the scariest movie she ever saw in the theater so i I couldn't tell if it was just me being jaded me or if it really wasn't scary stephanie what was your experience with it i thought it was i thought it was scary not the clown i mean the clown was scary i like jump scares that's what gets me and so this movie had quite a few of those um so i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought the kids were excellent i thought that was probably my favorite part of the movie that and I thoroughly enjoyed Pennywise. I thought they did a good job um, with 
his makeup and all of that stuff. Um, it didn't scare me. I, it's hard because I want to compare it to, to the, the original, to the miniseries, but it's hard. I was a child at that, you know, during that time. So anything was going to scare me yeah, then. Yeah. So it didn't scare me the same way, but the jump scares get me. And so I was, I was huddled behind, you know, popcorn at the movie. Uh, for sure. Don't go back and watch the old one. It just doesn't hold up. Oh. Yeah. I actually just did that. It's terrible. Yeah, it it has its moments, it's but terrible. Yeah, it's, it's not very good. It's terrible. I mean, and you know, the kids stuff is better, but the adult stuff is just laughable. Um, the performances from like, even John Ritter, who I love, is just terrible in it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Curry's pretty much the standout. Does stand Tim out Curry holds up going back? I don't. Tim think Curry so. holds up. He's yeah. the best. I don't think so. I don't. No? No, I don't think so. I like Tim Curry. I just don't. I don't think so. I think he, you know, when I was a kid, it scared the shit out of me. I just, now that I'm an adult, it's just laughable to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> the jaded. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm just being honest. So. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of get what she's saying about this. It makes sense. It just, it, it worked for her because like it scared her less. I don't think that she really wanted to be freaked out the entire movie and she, she got stronger as the movie went along with more exposure to the character. I wanted to be freaked out the entire time and I never got that. So I still, I still think the kids were great. Um, so I, I gave it a high taste it because I really enjoyed the kids' performances. I just, I just didn't look at this as like a true horror film. So no, will you I be agree. looking it's forward to the, Will you be looking forward to chapter two or part two? Sorry, excuse me. I'm I'm really interested to see where they go with casting. Um, I think it all depends on the on the casting. So, yeah. Part two is going to be a harder sell without those kids in the whole movie. Yeah, I hope they use. I hope they. I hope they. They use them in, in flashback form or something because yeah, I agree. It'll be a harder sell that way. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to be doing that. It sounds like they're going to be bouncing back and forth between adult and childhood and shit like that. So. Yeah, for yeah. the same. We're going to get a little bit more of a Pennywise origin story, it sounds like, is what they're grilling up. Yeah, cool. All right, this has been uh, what are we, episode 206. We are done. That's it. I got – Stephanie, how was it? Was it, was it all right? <laughs> no, yeah, I had a good time. Thanks for busting my balls. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that sounded sincere. Wow. No, I had a good time. Thank you for having me on. I really I had, a fun, I had fun. No, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll have to have you on again sometime. I had a, I had a really good time, you know, and um, – Hopefully, after this episode, we might get a uh, a, a pretzel sponsor. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, at least your pretzels work. They do, and so, my teeth work too. Don't what the, don't don't get don't get all uh, don't feel weird about eating pretzels on the. You didn't fall asleep. We had somebody fucking fall asleep on an episode. <laughs> all right, we Luther Shaver passed the fuck out on an episode, and you're upset again eating eating pretzels. You know. Yeah, Jeez. that's not even top five of the worst things I've ever done. Jeez. <laughs> no. Look for that top five list soon. <laughs> all right. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Adios. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at toss it, good at take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture push over. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture push over, pop culture leftovers.